Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dylan Palladino, and this is We're All Psychos, another episode of the acclaimed show that I run. It's my show. That's right. My show. Okay. Anyway, today we have a really, one of my favorite episodes I think I've ever recorded. It's with comedian Gastro Almonte. He's an amazing comedian, a very insightful guy, and just a really good person. And we have a great conversation. One of the longest we've had in a while. Went over two hours. And I'm telling you right now, man, it's worth it listening to the entire thing. Truly. Uh, we recorded. We were supposed to record this yesterday, and then he couldn't make it, so we recorded it today, January 6th. And we did not know that we were going to go from talking about Kim and Kanye getting divorced to uh, people storming the Capitol and trying to stage a coup. A potential one. Not a huge one, but I think some people might call it a coup. Anyway, no no point in arguing about that. We talk about that. We talk about, you know, humanity. And then we end with him revealing that he discovered he was diabetic over the pandemic, over the quarantine, and what he had to deal with coming to terms with that and going into an almost diabetic coma in the hospital alone for a week, not able to see his family or friends or even get an iPhone charger from his wife. It's pretty deep stuff. I enjoyed all of it. There's nothing else I can say. I, I don't want to take up any of your guys' time with my dumb voice because you'll hear enough of it in the episode. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been rating and reviewing. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Keep sharing keep sharing the show. We're, we're slowly but surely, we're growing, baby. 2021, we're going to get even bigger. I'm not going to say 2021 is going to be a good year because I'm not trying to jinx it, but let's hope so. All right. Without further ado, hear the words you love to hear. Please welcome Gastro Monty. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? We are all psychos. With Dylan Paladino. Yeah, we'll record, yeah. yeah, like I was just having uh, my convo, uh, this convo with Gabby yesterday. Uh -huh. um, like I felt like, uh, like normally when people talk about progress, they imagine it being like an even slope. And yeah, it's no. not. It's like I felt like I'm always on a flat line and then it clicks and I elevate. It's very bumpy. Yeah. And sometimes you go up and then you regress. Yeah. Which is the most annoying thing. You're like, why? I thought I was, I, I mean, that happens with stand-up all the fucking time. Yeah. Because for like you know, a month or two months, like, oh, I got this, I got this joke, I'm feeling good on stage, and then you eat a dick, and you're like, what? what? Yeah. What? I, so do I Do I know how to do this or not? Because it feels <laughs> like I don't anymore. Dude, I felt that yeah. the literal day of my album dropping. Uh, my album yeah. comes out, and I go to do this show uh, on an LES, and... Okay. Um, it's a workout show, you know, but it's it's a it's a well produced show. I forget homeboy that put me on. Where um, uh, what's I want to say Santiago uh, put me down for that show. Do you remember where the uh, what room it was? It's that uh it's that small it's the bar where um from the pictures it's uh black but there's like a lot of like white lights in the background. It's really photogenic, but the room probably holds twenty people. Damn, I'm trying to think. Um, where, not Lucky it, Jacks. I don't believe so. I'm, I'm blanking it's on it. It's one the of name. those LES bars. Yeah. yeah, it's the LES bar show. Um, but like it's a it's a well-respected mm -hmm. workout room, you know. So like 
Uh, my peers are there, you know, like uh, I bump yeah, into yeah, Anthony yeah. DeVito, you know, I see Greg Stone, I see oh, people. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It's, it's, is it Black Curtains? And then. Yeah, like there's a, a lot of like, real, like the lighting looks dope for pictures. I think um, it has a billiards room behind it. I want to say that too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know where it is, but I know, I know the room. Yeah. I think I might, I think I might've seen you there. Really? It's yeah, possible. Think, like, you know, I, we do a yeah. lot of work, you know what I mean? But but like right at right because when did your uh, album drop? It was or uh, when did your special drop? It, the it was April of uh 2019. So now okay. a year and a half ago. But uh yeah, Fuck. like it comes out and like uh you know, I walk in the room and we're we all know the work that goes into that. So everyone's mm -hmm. is proud. They're like, Hey yo, Gaston, dope work. Yeah, I heard good it. Job. Good job, and I'm feeling good. But I also know I gotta work on new shit now. Yeah. Right, so everyone gives me props, and then I eat a dick, a dick yeah. right in front of them because I have nothing that I can do anymore. I had to try new stuff, you know. And it's not like a, a paid gig where like I could use my old material. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. the whole reason I'm here. I need to work new material new stuff. Yeah. So I literally had 12 minutes of nothing. Like it died. Every everything I did oh, dude, didn't the work. Worst. So. Like, there's comics that, like, it's not that they're famous, but, like, they're further along or they're people that I respect or they're peers. Um, and, like, Anthony in particular, like, that's someone who's, yeah. like, he's someone I, I genuinely, like, respect his craft. And um, I look up to him as a comic. So, like, beforehand, he gives me congrats. And afterward, he's still honest enough to, like, not, like, give me that fake love because yeah. we're that far along, too. So, like, he looks at me like... Yeah, <laughs> you know, that and, was bad. and that hurt, you know. So, uh, yeah, that never goes away. I love that. That's the process. Um, if I didn't feel that, I wouldn't have been writing again. Being frank, you I need think to feel what that. it it keeps you uh, scared, yeah, in a good way. Yeah, it keeps you scared. Like the potential that you can bomb keeps you scared to go. I I I cannot sit on my laurels on this stuff because even when you when you do stuff that you know works. If you're not giving it and really, because we've all been done bits when we've done them for, you know, because especially in the beginning, yeah. a lot of people don't realize, like, the I didn't realize this when I first started stand up. If you see someone six or seven years in and they do a joke that's crushing, they've probably been doing that joke for five years. Yeah. Truly. Because f those first, those those years that you're really, those elementary, elementary years, I don't know why I couldn't say that word, <laughs> elementary years that you're really just, like, forming it and, and trying and trial and error when you find something that works you just run it and run it and run it yeah and so how you when you start to get even too confident in those bits and you don't give it your full energy you can see those bomb yeah and that's when you go oh shit i can't i can never just walk on stage and be so chill and confident that i'm gonna phone it in yeah the only only people that the only people that are phoning it in uh, they have audiences that are just there to see them and that like them. Right. And a lot of times that's when you see really famous people uh, not be as funny anymore. Yeah. Because I, they have crowds that know them. Yeah. And I feel like uh, they don't realize it until I, until the special. Mm -hmm. Because they're in the in the crowd, they're killing they're still. Like I'm crushing, yeah, yeah. This stuff's great. But then the reviews are like people that are uh, not biased. You know that you're not a fan. You're just listening to the mm -hmm. material. You're like, yo, that that's not really hitting like that. Um, it's not that good. Yeah, that's exactly. why you gotta have people around you that are like, yeah, it's not. That's not great, bro. Right. Yeah, which is hard to do, man. It, yeah, you it gotta is. have friends that can tell you. You gotta work on that. You Real know, shit. or you can say, hey, you know, you gotta maybe here's a tag or whatever it is. But it's not easy. Yeah. I mean. I, it's got to be difficult though, like Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, 
Amy, people that are up there, when they start having joke writers that help them, right. I get it to a certain degree because they got so much shit going on. They got people trying to pull them all over the place. Like, and they have the pressure to put out a special. Right. I, I feel like it can be too much. So they got to get some help. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I go like, just wait then, you know? Right. That's pull my a, argument. Pull a Kendrick. Pull yeah. a Kendrick. And what, like Kendrick is the best example. This dude is the top of the rap game and he he doesn't put out he doesn't pull a future and put out a spe, uh, put out a fucking <laughs> album. Now listen, don't get me wrong, I love Future, dude. Future's the, but, but, the thing, but Future's idea is he's got the Gary V or like Gary Vaynerchuk idea, yeah. which is like put out as much content as you can All the and time. one in every 10 is going to be good and it's 100 enough. songs a day. Exactly. One of them will be a banger, and that's all that you need. <laughs> and that works in today's, you know, that's what we're all doing with social media and all that shit. We're just yeah. trying to churn out stuff. But for those people at the top, wait, you know, really just perfect that shit so yeah, it like, can it, be fire. Yeah, because that's that's all it is. Like, it just, I don't care if you put out a special every month, being honest. If you have a special every month's worth of shit to say. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, when... Chappelle to me is the example of both. Yeah, he's he got both. Mad time between specials when he has nothing to say. Uh -huh. By the same token, we had four specials in a year and a half. Exactly. Because he had shit to say, you know, and he'll and tell you. Some of them were better than others. Right. But they still, yeah, exactly. He still, he, it's just, I think what happens with Chappelle is that he will just think, like, this, this dude. I mean, he's a genius. We all can just right. admit that he's like this comedic genius. Well, he would just have ideas on so many things that he knows how to make them perform for an, an hour. Right. But also, the, they are different specials. Like, Bird Revelation is different than Equanimity or um, right. Sticks and so whatever those ones are. Some of them are more joke, 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 joke. Bird Revelation is more a 20-minute story at the end. Right, But right. still, even with that, you're right. He, he is churning out material faster than most people but he's earning it right he's not if he put out bullshit people would go oh Chappelle's, you know he's right. losing it and yeah. I, and in turn i think he's comfortable enough and he's shown it already where when he either needs time for himself or he wants to go away he will like it's not just he doesn't feel the pressure of i need to do something new every year he just happened to have well thought out thoughts at least uh to his standards to put those out which yeah, is what matters People worry that they're going to get forgotten, like artists, mm. you know? And if you've really done great work and you make a fan, you, you got to make the fan base first. Yeah. In the beginning, you will be forgotten if you haven't put out enough stuff because there's so many other people trying to climb to the two, that first level of the mountain. And there's many levels. Yeah. And, you know, once you get to a certain level, then you have at least some fans that will always remember you. But... You know, like Rihanna, you know, she hasn't put out an album in I don't even know how long. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, yeah. but people are still waiting and they want the album. You yeah. still hear people like, oh, 2020 was supposed to be R9 or whatever the album was supposed to be called. Right, right. People are still waiting for that shit, you know? Yeah. People are, if you are good enough, you can you can take time for yourself. It's nah. like, like, I said, like I said with Kendrick, and it almost makes people respect you more that you go, I'm not going to... Just put out a bunch of BS. You know, I think um, even the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like what, like I grew up with that band, so they're one of my favorites. Yeah. And um, it, sometimes, you know, I mean, they're a great band, but also sometimes the bands that you grew up with, they just always are cemented as some of the best in your mind. Uh, they waited like a long time bet between some stuff. Right. But when they did, they they delivered. 
That's exactly. the thing. That's what you got to do. You have to deliver. You can't yeah. be, you can't <laughs> wait five years and then drop a whack mixtape. You know, you can't wait five years and then drop a bunch of open mic level stuff. There you go. And then people are like, "What? Well, where have you? Where you been, dude? In Tulum? Yeah, you know I get I mean? it. But also, write something. So be perfect is what exactly, we're saying, exactly, guys. No matter what, you gotta you gotta kind of be perfect. That's the thing. But yeah, so um, so you what, you dropped the special in April. Yeah, and. And then you were, so how much time did you get before the pandemic hit? Like how much new stuff did you get maybe? Not as much as I'd want. I'm probably, I would say I got like another half. Yeah, yeah. Like realistically, like mm -hmm. it was like, a, I was under a year uh, from like the release to that. And uh, right, because you're talking about like April till uh, maybe April February, February, right? Yeah. So we're under a year, A. Um, B, um even in that April and May, while I was starting to write, I wasn't performing as much because so much of that time period, um, you spend it promoting, you know, like my focus uh, yeah. was on that. So like, you know, um, like every night, instead of doing an album, I would do a podcast because I knew that that would get listeners or yeah, I'd do would. interviews, you know. So whereas if I go do a set like, you know, that's 30 people seeing me work new material, but I can't do those sets at the clubs because then you know they're gonna see the material from the album so it was it was counterproductive to me oh okay so okay. i felt like that time was better used a doing mike stern like the early afternoon to work new stuff and then spend the evenings doing all the promo work i could do um being more active on social etc so yeah, yeah, yeah uh yeah i i don't think i had the time to like develop uh new stuff the way i would have wanted to my my dream scenario was to put out another hour this past year i wanted to like uh, record it but as you, you i know, mean yeah no one's no one's doing that except a couple for, like, people did yeah sam Morell did and i mean good for him for trying it but it's also i mean on those being on roofs and shit it's just hard yeah i mean i lo i love that that people did that yeah for real because it's like no i'm not gonna let this I'm gonna do shows outside, and I'm gonna release it. What the hell? That, right, that, right. That's what YouTube is kind of perfect for. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got an idea. Let me do five roof shows. See if I can stitch together 45. What the hell? Why not? Some people want to see it. Yeah. But for most people, that's not practical. Right. It's gonna take a lot of money. You're not gonna really make anything off of that. Yeah. And you know, you also don't have the time to run that stuff. Right. I that's bet you even Sam would say, yeah, I, I did not have enough time to run half half as much as i wanted to for these jokes yeah it you know? easily like you you're missing out uh, a step there and you know he's far enough along where like he he can skip certain steps in terms mm -hmm. of like in terms like not skip them but the steps take less time because he's already done certain work like he's already thinking and joke structure in his head yeah, whereas yeah. you know that first special is the material that he learned how to write jokes with mm -hmm. you know so it, it, it takes longer to develop, but yeah. And to your point, he also has uh, certain connects and benefits that allow him to even consider doing something like that. It's just not open to most people. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of good stand up after though. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I really think that like um, anytime you have a lot of time to yourself to really be reflective, it shows in the art. Um, I think that's going to happen. B, um, I also think that because of the situation, you're going to have 
the people that are still doing stand-up are really into stand-up. Like, yeah, this filtered out a lot of people that, I agree. you know, like, you might have liked it. You might have even been talented, but you weren't willing to do what we're willing to do. You were to get shit on yeah. for a long time. So, like, this changed that. Like, you know, so this is going to be a, a, a rare breed. We're going to have, like, this... This is going to be, like, 9-11, but specific yeah. to comics in that regard. Like, it's a, a thing that bonds us. Like, we're going to know, yo, we survived that. Yo, you you did our shows... You did outdoor shows in New York back in the pandemic. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. I remember seeing homie at Tiny Cub or whatever. Yeah. You know, a so... Couple, yeah, the, I, I didn't get to do any of the park shows, but I know a lot of people did them, and they sucked ass. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a, a show. It was fun. It was freaking cold. It was... I want to say it was like maybe like 20 degrees in Astoria Park with what? the homie Jared Waters. Damn. And it was uh it was super cold, but there was 16 people in the audience willing to listen to us, like real audience, not they like wanna, yeah, they want to they, they want to see it. They want to hear it. So like a like it made me super appreciative of the conditions we had before and be the dynamic of what we have in New York that like I could still work material in wild 16 degrees in December like people were still willing to come out and listen to me mm -hmm. like that's a blessing man so um I won't do it again but uh, no, 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 no. Uh, just to know that at I least can. once yeah and like, then after that you go I think I'm think dude, I'm good for a while that was like like uh it was one of the bougie moments for me like I feel like I'm not far along, but I have enough TV credits that I don't have to be in this weather right exactly. now. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm glad I tried this. I will never do this again. I would get to say I did it, but also I have a family and kids. Exactly. Maybe I'm going to go <laughs> spend some time with them. You know, I will yeah. see y'all in the spring, brother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, did the did pandemic allow you to spend more time with family like in a, in a good way? Did you feel like uh, anything positive came out of it in that regard? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously there's a lot going on for other people, but uh, for me, overall, I thought it was a win. Um, I, uh, I spent more time than ever with my kids, especially mm -hmm. um, this is the most I've spent with my kids since I've been full-time doing stand-up. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, like no road gigs. Um, when they come home from school, I'm out doing shows. Not not now. I'm here. Yeah, you, get to you see know, them. ask them about the day. Yeah, stuff like that. That is small, but I would assume for a parent is if it, it feels like you're more involved in their life. Because I mean, how old are they? They're uh, now uh, 11 and 12. Wow. Okay. So it, it, it's just been it's been beautiful to like really uh, be around for it. Um, see the first like real signs of their own personality. I was going to ask, are you, are you starting to see inklings of personality, yeah. like real personality? Yeah, yeah, like they are their own people. And um, it, it, it's beautiful that I got to like see that firsthand. Um, uh, like we have interactions now for the first time where I don't feel like I'm talking to a kid. Like that was, like I would have laughed if a 30-year-old said that mm. shit, you know? Oh, okay. Like they're having those type of things Good now. sense of humor and, yeah. and, and having a young adult conversations. Right. Maybe starting to wonder about stuff like a little bit more, not not just uh, growing up as a kid in school, but just bigger picture ideas. Yeah. So like what, maybe what am I going to want to do? Or yeah. what do I like? Or I don't know. So I think of, around that time is when they also start to maybe feel different than other people right. and then coming to terms with that uh what is unique and what is weird because yeah. it's kind of a it's a it's a fine line and yeah. a lot of the stuff at least for me i don't know about i, I remember growing up a lot of the stuff that i thought was weird now when you get older you're like no that's just 
me and is kind of the good part of who I am. Yeah. Like those those weird things are what make you interesting as a person and allow you to connect with other people. Right, right. You know? Yeah, like, I feel uh, there's a few things that, like, touch on that. Like, uh, I've always had this argument with school teachers. There's an importance to learning the history of your country. I agree Definitely. with that. Um, with that said, I think that there should be one year of high school history mm -hmm. that's devoted to the history of whatever the fuck you want. Cause I feel that oh. all like history to me, the importance of it is you learn, uh, you learn lessons based on how people reacted in, uh, intense moments. Yes. I don't think that's restricted to government, no, you know? No, no, so. You know, when I hear someone really passionate about, like, basketball stats and they know mm -hmm. the backstory of, you know, the flu game and shit like that. The, yeah, the flu game. You know, game. like, stuff like that to me, um, that's that's still showing the same level of commitment of understanding something. Um, and, and, and the reason I bring that up is because I feel like, as an adult, when I'm at a bar talking with somebody... I never liked in high school listening. I didn't care about, uh, you know, American history class in high school. But when mm -hmm. I hear someone that loved American history talk to me about it now when we're like we're drinking and chilling mm -hmm. and there's no pretense of a test, I'm super engaged. Freddie's like that. Right. Freddie loves, loves that history. Shit. Yeah. And I used to never get it. And I think it finally kind of struck me this year. Uh, well, it, this year was the first year that I started to appreciate learning history not in i've never been good with dates that shit right. is for whatever reason i've always thought it was pointless i remember growing up i was like why does it matter what year this person came over here and got into this argument or when this battle was da, 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 da. and right. I, I think partially it's just because they need something to test you on that's, right, right, that's right. how the school system works but you make a really good point and and i agree and i think it should be taught that way in the general sense which is you're learning, we're like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids are in school and they, they might start to go, why are we learning this? Right. You know, they question, what is the point of this? Why am I learning math? Why am I? And then a lot of times that's answered with a, oh, you're just being lazy or right. you don't get it. Like try harder. It's important. All these like, uh, not affirmations, but it's just cut and dry. You yeah. know, you don't get to question it. You'll it's like, know it later. Exactly. You'll, you'll understand it, later. Shut up. Which is not the truth at all. Right. But if it was if it was presented to you as you're learning math, you're learning this high-level math because even though you're probably never going to use calculus in your life, when you learn how to solve problems in this very high, like high capacity way, it's going to help you to have critical thinking with other parts of your life in general. Yeah. And you, when you present it like that, then the kid might go, he's they still might push back, but you but you can go, trust me, this is gonna expand how you think and make you a better probably more successful person. Yeah. And then when you present history like that, because I always thought, ah, history is whatever. But if you go, you're learning about this to understand humanity as a whole. Yeah. And that's a that's a big part of life in general. I think a, I think a lot of very successful people understand humanity better than the normal layperson, I would say. Just right. in terms of how people act, how they move, how the masses work. Because that's a, that's a big... Yeah. A, a, that's a big skill is to understand... Not how individuals work, but how the how the masses act. Right, if right. If you can utilize that and manipulate it, you can manipulate it for bad. Right. We've seen a lot of people do that. But also, even business wise, like a, even as an entertainer, right. If you understand 
oh, the masses, uh, a lot of people are responding positively to this. Yeah, that's literally TikTok, trading. Twitter, dude, that's trading. That's that's yeah. Instagram, Twitter, anything. Oh, people like it when I do like this. Or people like the, you know, some some people some people might call it hacky, but at the end of the day, if that gets you propelled to 100,000, 100, million people seeing you, and yeah. then you utilize, like, it doesn't matter what it is. And I had that realization. I read this book, Sapiens, by Yuval Noah Harari. Okay. Everyone talks about it. It's like, almost cliche for the dude in his late twenties to talk to mention sapiens, but it's a really good book. And it's like a, it's called the brief history of humanity. Okay. And it goes over how we went from just another animal on the plains to homo sapiens sapiens and being the master of our domain, which was earth. And the most interesting thing for me was he, cause he's from Israel. So he's not American. So he kind of looks at it with a non-American lens, which is nice because you don't want to have someone who's an American, like, you know, the winners telling the story right, you might right. feel like it's biased. He's at least not an American telling the story because yeah. right now America is the top. So you don't want that person completely telling the story of how we got here. Right. But how he describes certain things, you go, Oh, this is how people have acted for the entire history. The history has been, this person's saying, I want that land. or And it's just been people trying to go other places, people expanding. He, he even makes a point about culture. A lot of people will uh, claim their culture and they, they love the culture and it's a good thing. But he goes a lot of times, especially when there was more imperialism and more people taking over other parts of the world, the culture that like I claimed is, oh yeah, I'm Italian and I'm like this, da, 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 da. Five... Uh, Five generations earlier, my great 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 grandparents would have maybe been mortified that I called that my culture because in reality it was the culture of the conqueror that then uh -huh. met. Yeah, so it's like a lot of cultures are taken from other imperialists that have come in and then fully inculcated into the masses. So it's right, this right. weird question of okay, where does the culture start? Where where has why does your society like this? Is it because the Gauls came over 2,000 years ago, and that's why you perform this ritual on this day? Right. Or is it because then after that, like the, the Arabs took – it's 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 a very interesting look at humanity in general to go, oh, we've been fucking with each other forever and yeah. inserting what we think is the right or wrong thing. And that just to bring that all back is when you think about history that way, it becomes so much more interesting. Yeah, You go, oh, shit, now let me get – now let me understand how people acted, why they did this. Right. Where, what's the, etymology is not the right word because that's about language, but what's the etymology, what's the history of where this cultural tendency came from? Right. And then it ends up being connected to the Mongols. You're like, oh shit, I didn't even know that they were in uh, like Genoa, Italy, but they were 5,000 years ago or whatever it is. And you go, oh, but we are more connected than we thought. Yeah, in I, ways. I, I think that... Uh that's kind of the value that I see in those things. And uh, I've become more aware of it when I have uh, deeper discussions with like my, my kid brother, he's, he's 20. Mm -hmm. Right. So like when I'll talk with him or when I'll talk with my son, who's 11, um, I realize that they're passionate about these other things and they know the history of that one subject. And what I got out of American history, 
I can still get out of those things, right? So like, yeah. you know, when, you know, we talk about someone being, you know, uh, someone uh, during like World War II, we'll talk about the leaders of different countries. And obviously to your point, we're looking at it from American history, but the main thing I get from it is, uh, these are our core values and we defended them. Yeah. This is what uh, different leadership styles uh, can lead to. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'll see what, you know, uh, uh, someone like Hitler, uh, what his leadership style leads to in yeah. terms of uh, pride in the country and pride of the people. What excess pride right, can, lead to. can lead to. Yeah, it's like what what all the way on one spectrum of it can lead to. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it has to be... Uh, what am I trying to say? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's always in the far right because then you look at Stalin who was in the far left. That was exactly. also excess pride and communism. And then it also led to more deaths than what happened in Germany. Yeah. So then you go, okay, it's not just the, it's people right. in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's the beauty of it. So then like, um, I, when I talk with my brother, like he doesn't care at all about school. So he never got into that. But by the same token, we had a huge debate this week. Like we were mm -hmm. fighting. Yeah. At the dinner table over Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Oh, okay. And at the core of it, he's a huge Westbrook fan. I'm mm -hmm. a huge uh, Paul, Paul fan. He's a Jordan head. I'm a LeBron, LeBron head. Okay. And I was telling him that um, I like it, I, I don't think that's a coincidence because I also noticed that we solve problems that way. I, I okay. think that like uh, when I've seen him do things with his uh, team or in school, he's very solo. He's very, I'm going to get this done myself. Yes. Um, I love working with teams. I love incorporating people. And I thought that it was interesting to me that that was coming out in our sports fandom. Mm -hmm. um, and in turn, that's also what I appreciated about those people in, in the court. Yes. Um, and I, we were still able to have that, philosoph that philosophical thought about the ideology of these people and what we can learn from it. I'm like, mm -hmm. did you feel that that style was successful? Um to a to a degree, yes. We like we figured that out. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what? When you're headstrong and you need to get something done, that actually works for certain goals. Um, I think it's quicker uh, to establish a turnaround if one person just pushes. Um, by the same token, it might not be the best way to lead to long term change culturally in an organization, whether yeah. it's a business, a family, or a basketball team. Mm -hmm. um, but it was dope to get there with basketball as opposed to history. And I feel like he would have developed that. Uh, thinking at 14 instead of 1920 if they just told them in high school hey uh one of your four years you're gonna study the history of basketball yeah yeah yeah. you know um so i i think that's kind of what's cool with the. Uh, i'm a big fan of pixar movies for the same reason i think mm -hmm. they allow me to uh talk about far deeper topics with my kid um, about things that I I wished would come out from history or other school subjects, but might not because they don't necessarily click with him. They don't get yeah. There's um, it's easier to pick out themes in those movies. Yeah, but it, it's a really important point, which is what are your base morals and values? Whenever you're arguing about a lot of or or having even a heated discussion about something, what you politics sports. A lot of times the subtext of it is I think my base morals are correct and not yours. Right. And a lot of times people don't understand that they're fighting over that. And when you get to that, when you distill it to, okay, before we talk any more about Republican, Democrat, high tax, low taxes, da, 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 
let's try to understand each other as to what we value as the most important things in life. Right. Okay, you value someone that has a lot of freedom and and uh, works for themselves and you value rules and you value structure. And then someone else goes, I value that, but I value uh, equality for all more and I value justice more because right. uh, this, this psychologist, think uh, Jonathan Haidt, he did a TED Talk about it. You should watch it. It's very interesting. It's not that long, but he talks about how most uh, political views on the spectrum, they're based on five personality traits. And so someone who's on the left, they rank higher in these two or three personality traits. Someone who's more on the right, they rank higher on the other two or three. Okay. There's five of them. So a lot of times people, people think that their political view is right because they came to that conclusion because of their logic. A lot of times it's because it's inherited. It's inherited literally in your genes. Like genetically, your personality type skews you more to the left or the right. As That's well. what a lot of it is. So if you start to understand, okay, I value these types of personality traits and these types of morals and uh, this is what I like to be scrupulous about more. Yeah. Once you understand that about yourself and then you look at someone on the other side and then try to understand what they value more, I think it can allow you to be empathetic and to understand the other side more and to go, okay, they're coming at this from these three pillars. Right, right. Whereas I'm coming at it from there. So, so of course we're going to butt heads because we think these things are more important. So right. then how do we come to some kind of understanding, even if we don't fully agree to say, okay, I get that's why you want that more. Here's why I disagree. Let me give my points. And then you, you come to some kind of compromise. Right. But at least we understand that you don't get, which I think is happening a lot now, you don't get to the point of frustration where you go, you're just an idiot. You don't right. get it. Fuck you. You're stupid. You're selfish. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're whatever the epithets people on both sides throw at each other. Right, right, right. I think, I think that's uh, not understanding the personality traits that someone is coming from. And now I'm not talking about extremes. You know, right. if someone's on the extreme on either side, like, they're they've, they're too far gone. Yeah. Not to to a point where I think some people can be helped to be brought back over. Some people are. It's you and me. Oh, it's me. I uh, didn't realize that my uh, computer was. Uh, you can Facetime on your computer now, and I don't know how to turn it off. So my fucking <laughs> friend is like Facetiming right now, right in the middle of a super important, <laughs> super important fucking conversation. Um, but the whole point is, yeah, it, when, when you understand the other side, I think and understand where it comes from, yeah. it becomes less of a of an ego thing. As yeah, to, yeah. Oh, I'm right. You know, when you understand that societies have acted in this certain way for 10,000 years, you go, oh, okay, we're not that special. Right. In a good way. Yeah. Oh, we've, we've been doing this for, okay, we need to learn from what people did in the past. Right. So we cannot fall in to these same mistakes because I, if you look at history, like you said, how, it's repetitive. You, it's super repetitive, and you see that individuals might make different uh, choices, but the masses as a whole, I think, a lot of times skew towards a certain couple paths. And right. it might look different. It might have a different demagogue. It might have a different flag or some kind of, you know, different new graphic design or whatever it is, but it's this, a lot of times the same general path in yeah. certain ways. And once you get that, you... You can at least go. Oh, okay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be uh, mystified by all the all, all the stuff on the f on on the front by yeah. the cover of the book. What's on the inside? What does it really mean? Tellful. Yeah. You know.
I dig it. Yeah. I got to tell you, this was way deeper than I thought we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to just kick it with the homie Dylan. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was uh, Me, this me was too, dope. bro. I thought we were just going to talk shit, and then we just got into some good stuff about history. <laughs> Yo, <that's- laughs> you know what it is? I think it's also, we we were supposed to record yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah, it got serious and we in got, the world. We got, and we got, we got confused. And honestly, thank God. Yeah, it was on me, but yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, shit happens all the time. And, you know, it's like... It was 7.15, and I went, oh, maybe he's parking. Yeah. And then when I texted you at 7.15, and then uh, I got a text almost immediately, that like two texts, I went, oh, he thought it was tomorrow. Yeah. I just knew, you know how when you get the two quick rapid <laughs> yeah, texts, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. And I saw it, and I was like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. But I'm, I'm happy we waited, dude, because I think that's why this is serious. Shit is serious today. Yeah. Like, today was, there's been a lot in the past year, there's been a lot of days where you go, Oh, this is going to be in history books. Yeah. Like, someone's going to ask me, what was it like when the pandemic started? Word. What was the 2020 election like? What was, like, there's, what were the George Floyd protests like? Where, where were you when you first learned about that? When it was at its height, all, there's a lot of different things that happened. You know, yeah. what, uh, Rush, all that shit. But a lot happened 2020. The impeachment, I mean, dude, I'm like remembering right now all yeah, this shit. Yeah, wow. Like, what was it like during that contentious year? Oh. And then- Today, even more, there people stormed the Capitol. And so I think it's just, it's making us think, how do we understand other people? Yeah. How do we understand what's going on? How, how do we, even in this time where you want to just throw your hat down and go, all these people are horrible, blah, blah, blah. How do we pull back from that emotional response and go, okay, yes to some of them, but also... Have we seen someone like this in the past? Can we look to history and see, oh, this is what led to these people to do this 300 years ago? Right, because right. I bet you in 300 years, historians will look back and they'll pick apart the past five years and pick different flashpoints and go, that's what led to this president. Yep. That's what led to this election. And then that's what led to the storming of Capitol Hill on January, was it 6th? Yeah. There's going to be... In bold, and some kid's going to be asked that question on a test one day on January 6th, 2021, what happened? And he'll have to say the storming of Capitol Hill, whatever it is. And they're going to look to it. So I think we're going, how do we explain this? Because it really feels like a time I've, I mean, I'm only 28. You're a few years older than me, but it feels like a time that is very different than anything we've been experiencing the past 50 years it's completely different this is uh also this is one of the times where um at least uh on the people that i rock with Mm -hmm. that i'm really proud of comics um there is a it's a cheesy cop-out joke and i hate when people do it because it means they didn't write a good joke Mm -hmm. but the the idea behind it is right um, I hate when people say too soon as the punchline, you know, because it means that you didn't write a joke. You just said something crazy. The audience gasped instead of laughed. There's tension. You're like, oh, I can break it with saying too soon. Too soon, right. Too I, soon, question mark. Right. And it usually no one laughs or they right. go like, ha, 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 yeah, it was too soon. Exactly. Like, I feel like it, it, it's a cheesy cop out line, but I, I philosophically, I feel like that's a comedian's job is mm-hmm. to break that moment. Right. Yeah. So... There is, uh, to me, the reason that I feel like our job is important, and maybe I'm really overstating what we do, but to me, what comedians do is we talk about stuff that nobody wants to talk about first. 
And the I second, totally agree. right, the second we make it funny, the second we make it we in a way that you can laugh, mm-hmm. we now have given you permission to talk about that topic because exactly. now it's no longer tense. So the sooner we get past too soon, we've won. And that's yep. our job. And I have to say, like, today, like, uh, following comics on Twitter, all I've been seeing is proper joke after proper joke, like, uh, it's like the perfect balance of being funny, but mm-hmm. being aware of what's happening, uh, not being distasteful. Um, they're yeah. like, I, I, I've been really impressed with my peers today really? and okay. what they're doing. Um, I feel like they're they're being very aware and uh, being at the front lines of stating what's happening. And in turn, I feel like the discussion to what needs to happen and what's going on is happening faster than it's ever happened before, too. Like, I think... Uh, Today would have been, uh, and it, it, it's a it's a combination of a us being better people, uh, b us being more connected because of social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, when this happens twenty years ago, like for example, a nine eleven, today would have still been yeah. a morning day. We wouldn't have even gotten to the point to where we could joke about it. We would have still been sad today, yeah. and then a week from now, when we've uh, connected both personally and you know and and, and talked about, about it, it and- we would have started figuring out how to talk about this in open mics, cracked a few jokes that yeah. bombed, and then finally got into the point to where we can laugh about it, and then we as a country can move forward and address what's actually happened and fix it. Today was the first time that I've seen where all of that took place in one day. Because mm-hmm. we figured out how to address it almost to the moment. Like, we're able to make it funny, but make it honest and not be offensive or diminish the moment. And by us doing that, I feel that more uh, intelligent people that are following it can laugh and also be like, yo, this is serious because it's being talked about a lot. And now they can engage in real convo about it and hopefully lead to solutions faster. Um, yeah. Yeah, discuss it. Uh I think trying to make a joke is if when someone's trying to make a joke, most of the time I think they're trying. I think it's coming from a positive place. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's I want to be funny and I want to feel good about it, but also it's how do I make this okay or how do yeah. and and some of the bigger jokes like what you said. I think it's a good point. Some of the weirdest or most uncomfortable conversations I've had with comics. Right. And by the way, they weren't uncomfortable for me because (laughs) there's this weird thing about comedians where if you truly like being a comedian and like being a comic, nothing is really off limits. Right. And you kind of like talking about those taboo things because it allows you to, one, because if you don't talk about things, you don't get to realize what you feel about them. Yeah. And I think a lot of times for me, uh, especially, I'll talk about something, think I feel one way have a conversation with someone, have someone pose like counterpoints or at least bring up other things that I didn't know. And then at the end of it, I'll at least have a more nuanced opinion about it. You right. know? I, I even today in the beginning, I was talking to some friends and they were like, if this was uh, if this was BLM, all these people, like they were trying to make comparisons. And I'm not a big fan of hypotheticals because there's no way to prove it. You know, right, right. if you go, oh, well, if it was this, then this would happen. It's, it says, I'm like, says you. You know, it didn't happen. Right. However, as I talked to them more and more and, and saw the points they made, I was like, well, you know what? The sentiment of what you're saying is that the fact that these um, – and you know what? I'll call them domestic terrorists to a certain degree. And right. Like or the mob. Like 
this these like people called it in, insurrection and and other people called it a coup which like according to the definition of coup it's kind of crazy that's what this was yeah because because <laughs> coup is a uh is a attempt to coerce or change or take control of the government right it doesn't by a body. need to be it doesn't have to be military usually yeah. it is by the military because those those are the ones that are successful but even though this, well, let's call it a coup light. You know what right, I mean? Right. It's a coup light. It's a coup light. <laughs> coup but doesn't exactly. sound coup, yeah. like a strong enough word it's, for yeah. what happened today. But, but I get yeah, you. <laughs> it's coup, coup d'état sounds better because it's got the full French in it. But uh, th this was during when they were trying to certify the electoral votes for an election. Yeah. And then people came in and tried to stop it. That's trying to coerce the government. Yeah. That's trying to control a government. Now, some people would say, oh, that's a little extreme. Yes, but also no. Because this is unprecedented. And at what point do you go, this just isn't okay and it is insane and it needs to be denounced? You know, but the whole point I was making was that they, some of my friends were like, that, you know, if this was someone else, the, look what happened to the protesters in the summer. And I said, yeah, you're right. You know, this is, I don't necessarily, I'm not even necessarily making this about race, but I'm saying it shows that there is a different way that the different sides are being treated in terms of the protesters. Yeah. And it that's not okay. It needs to be one or the other. There needs to be, no matter what, a set in stone way as to how the government, how the police force deals with protests, deals with people that don't like what's going on. There has to be one way of doing it. There right. can't be, th these people are treated this way and then some other people on the other side are let into the building or no one is arrested when they start breaking windows or when they go inside and some of them are armed. Like We won't know fully about what happened today for a couple of days, yeah. but it does make people question and go, okay, well, why is there inequality in terms of how this is deal like yeah. what what does it mean what why are people treating the why are cops kind of letting this happen you know like what is it because they had to feel less threatened is it because like what what's the reason it, it has to be asked and, yeah. and it has to go to a certain point you have to go yeah you know what i can't be certain but it probably would be different if it was the other side and that's not a good reflection on where we're at no you know yeah it's honest i uh and, you know, like, even on my end, like, devil's advocate the other way, I feel that I I obviously, I don't agree with why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But there's a part of me that, like, if something, if you felt something in your country was happening that you were genuinely like, yo, this is wrong. I fully, I'm so happy you said that. Yeah. Because a lot of people aren't acknowledging these people, who, the people that thought, because what they were doing today was in their mind, the right. trying to prevent a government takeover by the other side that stole the election because right. they're living in a reality that is different from our reality. Right. Now, people can make arguments about which one is the right one. I personally think that the one that is right is the one where Biden won because almost everyone has come out and said there's not... Uh, substantial evidence of widespread voter fraud. Yes, right. there's voters. There, yes, there's instances of voter fraud. It, there's every election. Yes, we should shore up our uh, voting machines and we should shore up our election security every year. Of course, but there is not enough voter fraud for us to say for Trump to just blatantly go. 
the election was stolen. Right. But these people are living that reality. And you're right. right. In their mind- They're saving the country. In their mind, they are the 2021 version of 1776. They're fighting a tyrannical government. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be put in jail for breaking into the Capitol building. But when you understand that, it's a better, it's a, I'd say better understanding than, oh, they're just all racist and they, you know, uh, they hate, they hate everyone. They hate America, and they just want Trump to be president forever. Right. You know. I have to. I have to think of that only because, like, big picture, I want to believe that everyone can be reformed. Right. Me too. So if I if I don't believe that, then I'm dismissing those people forever, and that's that's crazy. That like that's a big portion. That's of a the big population. portion of the population you're talking about dismissing. You can't run a country like that if that much of the population you're flat out saying we shouldn't even work with them. Like that's wild. Um, we to your point, we need to acknowledge why they feel that way and work on that. Like work on clarifying, work on communicating what's uh, where people are getting uh, information and how and trying to make those channels uh, more equal. Um, I think uh, more people from different perspectives need to be open to talking with each other more often. Yeah. Um, like uh, the whole like uh, integrated schools thing. I mm -hmm. wish they did that for states, like in a weird way, like for communities. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like. Uh, they just brought, just brought in some, here's some Guatemalans. Yeah. Some Jamaica, yo. Like, they're moving next door. It's <laughs> just, just part of it. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you, because you, but you, you know need, what? You need to that see that. Is what fights people thinking of someone else's other as as soon as someone doesn't become as soon as someone changes from a jamaican person to kyle right it changes the game they're just kyle That's Dude, I, kyle. i've lived that so much as a performer right yep. so so much of what i do on stage is me just telling family stories i mm -hmm. talk the way i talk i have an accent yeah yeah, yeah. And i'm from brooklyn you proudly. brooklyn hat? right yeah. i love doing it and I'm, I'm never gonna stop that that's good but if you listen to what i'm talking about they're all mm -hmm. fucking family stories i'm talking about my kid i'm talking about my wife yeah i have a story i want a webby for telling a story about getting my wife dessert from fucking applebee's yeah, yeah. like my stories are wholesome but the reason i tell them is because I want to humanize people that look and sound like me to people that aren't from where I'm from. I yeah. want them to see them those stories, and they're like, oh, shit, I would have done that for my wife. That's a cool dude. More of those people are probably cool people, too. Um, it's a really subtle thing that slowly, it's like a, it's like this. you're planting the seed in their head that, oh, shit, maybe I'm wrong to think that they're all this way. Right. And then, oh, oh shit, like, and it, it, it takes a while. Is yeah. the thing, but all of a sudden they go, "Oh yeah, oh he's now he's just like, just, oh," and maybe and then maybe that person will go, "What else do I have a preconceived notion about that's not true?" Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah, and and, and I feel like that's kind of the beauty of it. And um, st uh, stories and stand up um have done that for me the other way. Um, you know, I uh, and I think they've done that for the culture. Uh. I'm a big hip hop head. I grew up mm -hmm. loving and listening to that. Um, I'm blown away now at how recent there was like uh, homophobia in songs that I love. Oh yeah, right. And being a stand up, it's still now, yeah, yeah it's but, still yeah. happening. But like, uh, it's significantly been cut off. But like, I love Nas. I love Jay Z. Those mm -hmm. are people that I would consider 
uh, not only talented, but I think they would they would say liberal. They would say yeah. that they would uh, defend the rights of the LGBT community mm-hmm. today. They dropped f bombs in songs. Oh yeah, as they were recent as 2010. Yeah. All that stuff yeah. and saying get off. Yeah, and you know, so that was the culture back then, right? And it so, was thought of as, yeah, it was. I mean, I think back to some of the stuff that I I saw a video of me in 2010. When, yeah, when me and all my boys we, uh, we we did this Euro trip, and there's a a video of me on the train just like casually dropping that, and I look and I go, it, it, it makes me embarrassed now because I, I'm I'm like I understand that I didn't even know what I was doing. Right, and and now I go, oh yeah, I wouldn't. But that was still. It's this weird part where you go, "Damn, I didn't know." But it doesn't. That doesn't make it less bad. Right. But now I know that I don't do that. And you see how you changed. I, yeah. I, I even remember. I remember one of my teachers when I was in high school said that. Um, I think I was. I think I was a junior, and he was talking about how he doesn't really call things gay anymore. Yeah. And. I that's was like, progressive. I was like, that's then. fucking gay shit. I, mean, I was like, I was like, what, dude? Right, yeah, yeah, I was like, wild. I'm never not gonna call something gay. Right. And then uh, now it's kind of almost made a turn to where it's like okay to say gay anymore because it's accepted as like, like everyone's saying. I felt like in the past year, now all of a sudden people are calling shit gay again, but it's not seen as hateful at all. Right. Which I thought is kind of. I was like, oh, okay, it's cool to say it now because everyone knows that like. We fucking love gay people, you know. But I re- I remember thinking, oh, there's no way I wouldn't call something gay right. like that. And then in 2015, 2016, I, I just I remember the first time I I balked at saying it, right? Or I balked at at saying like fat. Which I I remember the first time I balked. I was like, oh wait, maybe I should stop saying that. Yeah. And you just it just takes time, and it takes you know what it you know what it takes. Meeting people that are gay. Exactly. And and going, well, I love that dude. And so if I'm calling you that and insinuating that it's bad, that's insinuating that he's bad. And he's honestly tighter than me. So yeah. what, what like what am I I don't have a problem with that at all. But that's growing up. But again, back to your point, that's meeting a bunch of different people. Yeah. That's realizing your own uh internal biases. Like yeah. I, I realized one recently. I realized that, uh, specifically because of media, I realized that growing up in media, the only time I ever saw a do-rag was on someone that was like a gangster. A okay. thug. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. That was the only time I ever saw it. Yeah. Because like, I, I grew up in, in LA. Mm-hmm. And so no one in my high school wore do-rags really. And I don't know if it's an East Coast thing or I just wasn't around enough hood dudes. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But but like but there were a lot of there were my my school was pretty diverse. So for the reason that I didn't see him there. But I only saw him in media. And then I realized that my brain associated it only with like thug dudes. Right. That's why I associated it with. I didn't even know what it was. I just was like, do rag, probably a dude from the hood, like whatever. He's probably got a pe whatever. Like right, I, right. I realized that that's what had been associated in my head. And then one of my best friends recently started growing out braids and he started wearing, um, I think he, I don't need, I don't know if it's a do-rag or pantyhose, or right, like right. whatever, the, what it is to, and when he explained it to me, he was like, it just keeps it humid and it helps them grow out. And I remember I was like, so it's a hat. It's just yeah. like, a, it's just a specific type of fucking hat mm-hmm. that we, that I was just shown in certain instances to then 
consider it some form of like gang attack. Like, yeah. and that's when I realized, like, oh fuck. And I had never done anything because of that. I had never, I never like judged someone pre, but I had always in my head saw it and then felt, oh, the only other time I've saw that was in this movie. Right, right. And then when it happened, I went, oh shit, I've been programmed to think of it as this specific type of article. I've, I've, I was programmed to think of it the same way you see a bandana hanging out of someone's back pocket. Right. Because that's for one instance. Right. If you have a bandana hanging out of your pocket, it's most likely because you're in a gang. You know what right. I mean? Or you just wrapped, or it was a mask and then you put it in your back. But it's most, most likely because <laughs> from a gang. It's changed but now, right? that's yeah. how I thought about it. And then as soon as I had two friends that wore it, I went, oh, it's a hat. Yeah, that's and, all it is. But it took me 27 years of my life to find that. And, yeah. you know, I felt weird when I first realized that. But then I went, that's not my fault. Right. I had to just meet someone to understand that's what that was. And and, and that's, the, that's why I bring it up because... Right off the bat, it took us that long, and we have advantages. Like, Nas exactly. and Jay-Z had huge advantages. They're rappers in New York in entertainment. Mm -hmm. They're seeing a spectrum of people. Yeah. We're stand-ups in, in New York City. Yeah, and so, Los Angeles, the right. two most diverse places. Yeah, yeah. so even we took 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to learn and, and figure out, like, oh, you know what? Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, and we had we had to be exposed to it. I had to um, do a ton of shows and and see that their struggles are real similar to the struggles I feel being a minority, yeah. right? Because it was their minorities in their way for sure. Um, so if I'm in my heart of hearts, I feel like I'm a good person trying to add value to the world and being a good person and. I still needed to fix that, and other people need to fix that. Yeah, and we did as a whole. I, I do feel that society has decided that's not cool to say. Yeah, so it's possible to become better as a group. So when I think of that, I have to think that while I massively disagree with what what took place, mm -hmm. I have to believe that those people can become better. You know, for sure. Um, and 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 I think as long as we believe that. Um, we're we're still in a good place. When we lose that, that's when I'd be concerned as a country. You're um, fighting the good. You're you're trying. You know exactly. It doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, it's, it's easier to just completely discredit one side. Yeah. But instead, if you go, no, we're gonna fight for these fight for these things that we think are right based on our morals that we have agreed on and we think are going to help more people, and then at the same time, try to bring other people over or at least understand them more to make them feel heard, because you know. It's this thing where you look at all those people are also being fed, just like, like how just like how I was fed information about dudes, we, dudes yeah. wearing do rags. Yeah. Okay. One way those dudes are being those people are being fed stuff on OAN, Newsmax, whatever they're reading or whatever they're watching, that is misleading them yeah. and programming them to think a certain way to the point where they see someone that says, "Oh, I'm liberal" or "I'm on the left." Yeah. And then their brain just immediately assumes 30 different things about them and then they make a decision. Yeah. And they make a snap. Our brains are really good at that. Our brains are really good at filing a lot of things away into one one certain type. We like to make an avatar of what this person is, you know? Right, right. We like to we're predictive machines because it, it gives us more time to compute what's going around. So we go, "Oh, you're like this? Okay, well, I noticed these these three things about you. I'm going to assume you're like that. Now let me see if there's anything that's false about that." And then right. they just it just feeds into that algorithm in our head of, "Oh, they're going to be like this." And it doesn't allow them to 
I don't know. I think a, a real good example is like, okay, so the people on the right feel they don't feel heard about vote, uh, voters or voter fraud, or they don't feel heard about whatever um, point it is, right? At the same point, at the same time, the people on the left who are fighting for police brutality, they feel like they're not being heard. They both are arguing we're not being heard on this issue. And I feel like both sides don't see that the other side is, now I'm not saying they're the same issue at all, but I feel like both sides don't see that they're saying the same thing, which is we believe there's a grievance or something that's going on that's wrong and you're ignoring it. Right. And I think if they at least talked about it, they could go, oh, oh, we're kind of, we're both upset about different things, but we both have the same feeling of indignation, yeah. which is I'm not being heard. I'm being ignored. I'm being told what you care about doesn't matter. What what you feel isn't valid when it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Small scale, but that should be fixed, right? To your point. Yeah. It might not happen often, but there should not be voter fraud. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen often, but when it happens, police brutality is a huge issue, right? Like mm -hmm. the majority of police officers aren't committing those crimes, but it's happening. It's a problem. It's happening. Right. It and shouldn't it needs happen. to be talked about because as soon as people don't talk about it, then you go, why aren't you, why are you ignoring it? Right. You know, it's this, um, it's a complete, this is a huge tangent. <laughs> okay. But it's a little, it. a little bit funnier. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you saw the shit with Hilaria, Ilaria Baldwin, yes, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, so this chick pretended to be Spanish, right? Right, right. And I think it's fucking hilarious because it, it doesn't hurt anyone, you know? Right. It's just fascinating that someone has lived that lie for that long. Right. And, and I was listening to someone play clips of her trying to uh, give, give reasons why all these things were being brought up about her. Oh, I was speaking more Spanish at that time. That's why I couldn't remember the English word for cucumber. And oh, you know, uh, I know my family was born in America, but they all live in Spain now. So that's why I said they came over from Spain. Like giving all these bullshit reasons. Right, you know? right. And I was listening and I go, you know, she doesn't realize this. And most people don't. And I think the only people that really do this are comics. But if she just came out and was like, guys, I'm going to be really honest. I fucking love Spain and I liked having an accent. It made me feel kind of cool. It made me feel people treated me a little bit different. And yeah, it was crazy that I said all that, but I kind of fell into it. And then as soon as I, after a month of talking with this accent, I couldn't stop doing it because more and more people expected. And then all of a sudden it was on my CAA website. And then I was getting <laughs> like, you know, if she like, if she really just came out and fully admitted it, yeah, I think people will go, I get it, you know? Yeah. I could see that happening to me, too. This is her goth face. Yes, dude. This is her just wearing <laughs> mad black makeup and nothing but boots yes, and dude. shit. That's all it is. It's her goth this face. This is her goth face. It's and her she just leaned face. into that shit. Yes. She did it for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She was committed to being goth. Yeah. She's a committed goth head. And then one day she came out and she was like, I'm blonde and I don't have black hair and I've lied to everyone. I don't worship the devil. I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> but if she came out and said, yeah, I was, I, I think people are so scared of admitting the truth or yeah. maybe they fucked up, but most people actually are more willing to forgive 
when they see you being truthful. Yeah. Look, to your point, I'd find it silly day of, and I would have forgotten about it by now. Oh, yeah. If she would have said it. Um, there's so many valid answers to you. She could have said that. She could have said, I do it because my husband likes it. I would have gone... Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. You know, hundred percent. I, I, you know, that that's it something that turns them on. Yeah, it turns them on. Cool. Hey, I don't give a shit. Go ahead. Go for it. You bag the celeb. Rock on. Keep exactly. doing it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she could have. She could have leaned into it. She could have made fun of it. There's so many things that could have positive that could have came from it instead of them running away from like, you're caught, man. Yeah. Everyone knows you're caught. So for you to not acknowledge it makes us just go. We see you. We're human too. We've been caught. Everyone knows the feeling of being caught and yeah. then trying to lie your way out of it. Oh yeah. And you and you just doubling down, doubling down harder and harder, trying to make up things. Your brain is pulling all these. It's like the best joke writing slash callback machine ever to be. Da, da, da. If you just admit it, then people go, all right, at least you're being truthful. And yeah. The reason I made that point was that if someone just acknowledged Instead of saying either 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 people going, A cab, all cops are bad, or police brutality doesn't exist. If instead they went, no, it's a real thing, and yeah, it's happening disproportionately to certain minorities. And yeah, that's probably because they're going through those communities more because yeah. of years and years. And if they at least admitted that and said, it's not okay, we're working on it, we're sorry. But we see you guys, and right. we're we're working on this every day, which I think some people maybe did. But if everyone just came out and said that, at least people would go. They're they're hearing us. Right. They are acknowledging it, and they're saying it's real. Instead of when people go, and instead of when people just try and defend. Right. They right. Go, oh, what caused that, or why were they? Da, da, da. It's when people just man or just own up to stuff. I, I think a lot of humans respond to that. Yeah. Because we've all had that moment where you've owned up to something. We've all we've all been caught. Yeah. No matter what it but it's something small or something big. And we all have the we all know that you want to just go, no, 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 I didn't do it. Right, right, right. But you know, especially when you're a kid, when it's your parents. But when you own up to it and you go, No, I I I did it and I, yeah, I fucked up and and you admit you're fallible because we all are, we all make mistakes all the time. Yeah. When you admit that. I think people got people respond to it because they go, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I fucked up. I still I still remember uh the first day I apologized to my daughter. Really? Yeah, like it was uh it was important to me. Um she did I forget what she did wrong, but she did something super minor, like, you know, mm -hmm. let's say like she dropped a dish or some shit. Yeah. Um I was mad at that, but it wasn't a big deal. Like mm -hmm. But I was disproportionately mad because I was mad about other, Some other shit. shit. Yep. And I yelled like mm -hmm. I, I and um I my dad uh love him to death, but he has a huge temper, temper. and it's something that he's gotten significantly better at because I've addressed it with him now as a man. Mm -hmm. Um, knocked him out a couple times. No, <laughs> <laughs> now you cut the shit, yeah. I'm taller than you now. Hey yo, you know what I mean? <laughs> For the block right here. Nah. <laughs> but I've talked to them a lot about it, um, especially because um, when I first moved out the house, I, I was aware of the fact that my siblings were still kids. So I was like, yo, like, I didn't like this. You can't do this again with them. Um, yeah. And he still did it, but did it less. Um, and now he does it even less than that. It's an improvement. Yeah. yeah like, and, and that's all I'm asking for. Like, It's something he was conscious of. Um, but in turn, 
I feel like uh, my job as a parent is to take everything dope my parents did, but also work on the things that I didn't uh-huh. like. So I can count the times where I've yelled at my kids, and every time I've done it, except for one, mm-hmm. I feel that they were justified. Yeah. And I purposely make sure to work uh, like a ladder system when I punish my kids. Like, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you about it calmly. I'll joke because, you know, I'm a comic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be casual, cool. I want you to know, hey, I need you to fix this on your terms. Mm-hmm. Most times that works. The next time I say it sternly, and I and not only do I say it sternly, I remind them, hey, this isn't the first time I've spoken about this. Yeah. Last time I was cool. Now I'm being serious. Then the third time I punish. Um, and then it rarely gets to a fourth where like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you start to lose it. Yeah. Because you've set out these, it, it, it's it's falling a habit. It's, yeah. Yeah. Now it's a problem because that we did all the calm mm-hmm. shit. Um, this one time, like, I just yelled. And not only did I yell, I yelled louder than I would have even on that level four that I just mm-hmm. described. And I saw my daughter flinch. Like, she got scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never hit my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, a part of me still wants them to think I might on occasion just because I need that. Ain't nothing like, wrong with that. They got to yeah. be scared. Kids got to be a little scared of you. Yeah. yeah. The, I hope that years from now you listen to these podcasts uh-huh. and realize, oh shit, dad would have never done it. Dad I never would have done yeah. it. But I still need you on you occasion. I think I would. Yeah. Think yeah. I might because this time's where that'll save you. But uh, I, 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 I can't. I, I, I know what that was like. I didn't like it and I don't think it's needed to. Uh, discipline a kid in that way and I don't think it's needed for them to get better and to develop as people and when I did that it was the first time in our relationship where I felt like she was scared of me um, as opposed to respect I saw her flinch in her Mm -hmm. room um, what's gonna happen and like what's gonna happen like oh shit like am I in danger and that that haunted me like it hurt Um, and uh I remember going to the living room still angry, like, you know, uh, puffing and trying to calm myself down. And I heard her in her room uh, crying and trying to calm herself down. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back in there and uh, telling her, like, hey, listen, what you did was wrong. The way I responded was worse. I'm not supposed to do that. No one can talk to you like that. Um, and, 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 and I apologize for the way I handled it. And at the time, like, even now, like I look at it, I think it's important to do that because it's important for your kids to see that you're human. Um, you I think mistakes. they need to know that you can make mistakes and that you're honest. I think the earlier they see that, the earlier they know that anyone can, um, a, uh, B, I want them to know that. You can be a good person and make mistakes. Definitely. Um, I also wanted them to see, and, the, and these are things that I didn't know uh, at the time when I was doing it, but they make sense to me. Like I wanted her to see that it's okay to own up when you make a mistake, it's a and good it's lesson. easier to get better. It's easier to improve from it when we acknowledge it, um, and uh, I think we're better for it. Uh, so, like after that, like uh, whenever like I do something that I'm not proud of, like. Uh, in the moment, she's still like my daughter, so she'll like eat it, but like she'll call me out on it, like you know, she'll wait like a few minutes, say, Dad, like I didn't like the way uh, this convo went, and these are why. And I'll present my points, and if I'm right, she'll be like, You know what, that's fair, but when she's right, like, Hey, you know what, that wasn't fair, this is what I saw, I misjudged that, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came up like uh, like maybe two years ago where. 
like she had forgotten like her homework or something. Mm -hmm. She did the homework but forgot to put it in her bag, and I was disproportionately mad. Yeah. And it was like eight in the morning. I knew she had a big test that day, and like I yelled at her in a way that was appropriate but was the wrong time. Like in my head as a parent, I was like, "Fuck, I should have done that at four o'clock. Let her handle her yeah. day. She's got. She's now. She's gonna eat that shit all day." In the classroom. Yeah. And that shit pissed me off. And I was like, um, I I thought about it. I spoke with my wife. I was like, yo, honey, um, this is what happened. I'm going to go pick up Michaela and take her out of school for today. Um, I fucked up. Like, I shouldn't have said that then. Yeah. Um, what I said was right, but it was the wrong time to say it. Um, and I went and did that. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because, uh, A, like, um, I'm happy with uh, the fact that I've gotten to that point as a parent. I feel like I had a temper in my teens and 20s and it was because it's what I learned and I didn't like yeah. it and I, I made genuine effort to decrease it to the point to where now my kids would tell you I don't have a temper. They don't associate that with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud of that. Um, and B, that we can learn like as people uh, from our mistakes and also from others. Like I, 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 I think my dad wouldn't say so just out of pride to to me to him directly, yeah. but he would tell his boys that he's impressed with me as a dad. That's how that's how they are, you know. It's, yeah. it's, sometimes it's gotta. My dad, uh, he he never hit me in the face. He yeah. he would spank us, and he he had a temper too. He would get mad, and I think that's one of the reasons why I am I'm a very reactive guy. Mm -hmm. I don't have kids yet. I'm not even in a relationship, so we'll see. But when I have been in relationships, I've never been a yeller. Right. I, I've always thought it was um, a waste of energy. Right. And it, it never got your point across. And almost almost always put you in the losing position. Right. And I think that's partially because I got yelled at as a kid, and I knew that it only made me scared and upset, but it never really got – because whatever someone's yelling about – you don't hear the words, you just hear the the volume. Yeah. You just hear the volume, and then you go into, I'm scared mode, I, f I fucked up. You know what they're mad about, but if they're trying to make a point, which is usually what a parent is trying to do, at the end of the day, they're mad about something because they want you to be, if they're a good parent, better than they are. Yeah. The yelling is not going to help, you know? And so I've, I, I think that's why I probably now never see a point in yelling. Not to, not gonna say that it, it's not gonna come up every now and then because, like I said, we're fallible. You know, we fuck yeah. up. We, but but I do remember one time I got yelled at, and it was it felt disproportionate to me. I was I remember I was with my cousin. It was like randomly on a we were like randomly on a cruise with a bunch of family. One of those like shitty yeah. carnival cruises. That they got a, they got a deal on, but like the entire family went to the Bahamas for three days. Uh, yeah, those are better than yeah, mine. All exactly. of mine are in the Poconos and shit. <laughs> we upgrade a little bit. There you go. Monte. There yeah. you go. Uh, but so I was on the, I was on the ship and I was with my cousin that was like four years older than me. You know, I was like 12. I think he was 16. Yeah. And back then four years, they were the coolest fucking people ever. Hell yeah. And so at one point, I ran off with my cousin to just go hang out on the ship or whatever. My parents didn't know where I was. They Aww. freaked the fuck out. Hell yeah. Freaked out. I came home, but but me, I'm like, I'm with Jared. I'm safe. I know I'm safe. Right. Don't they know I'm with Jared? But they didn't. Right. I get home, and they lay into me. They're so mad. I didn't know where you were. That don't you wear. They're just reaming me. 
And I remember being upset, being like scared. And then I remember that once they calmed down, they explained, I was so mad because I was scared because I didn't know where you were. Yeah. And if anything happened, it would be the worst thing in the world to me because I love you so much. Yeah. And when they got calm and they explained that to me, it made so much more sense because even as a kid, you understand love. You understand care. Hell you care yeah. for your parents. Yeah. And and someone's telling you that they care for you more than anything in the world, which is an amazing feeling. Oh, yeah. So when they told me that, it made so much more of an impact than the yelling. Right. Because at that point, I went, oh, I hurt my parents. They want me to be safe. That's why they're mad. That's why I need to tell them where I'm at. That's why I need to always inform them no matter what's going on so that they don't freak out. Yeah. And and that was a lesson I think is important because once you know that it's because of caring and it's not – like when it's not I need to instill fear in you for no reason. Right. But instead I need you to understand why I'm so upset because of this, this, and this. And I don't want you to feel scared. I want you to understand me. Right, right. It, it changes – the dynamic to that. Yeah. And that and you know, when you explain to your daughter, this is why I'm upset, but I shouldn't have yelled at you that way, it makes her go, Oh, my dad loves me. He's able to admit he was wrong. And it almost it, it weirdly makes them appreciate you more. And because I hope so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Because a lot of times I think kids, without knowing it, they realize they they understand that their parents can't be right about everything. Right. You know? So when but this is I mean, going back to the Hilaria thing. Yeah. Uh when you admit you fucked up, it's uh it's a human, I think, respect that comes out to go, Oh yeah, you you've screwed up, so yeah. have I. The fact that whenever someone goes they're perfect, you're always like, mm-mm. Right, and you're off. gonna find it. And yeah. you're gonna find all those preachers that are like like squeaky clean with all the veneers and stuff. Uh huh. There's always some, always some, some young there, yeah. pool boy that's fucking their wife <laughs> while they're watching in the corner. There's always something, man. There's always something, and you know it. And that's why everyone gets so excited when it happens because they're like, "I knew it." Yeah. And you lied, and we caught you. Oh yeah, like uh, Justin Bieber's preacher, right? Exactly, Same man. Yeah. Exactly. We we know we know no one's perfect, and yeah. when you try to act like that. No, no, no. I, I've also been having these talks more because, um, A, I see the progress my parents have made, in particular my dad, but I know he's not where I'd like him to be. Yeah. Um, but in turn, my siblings are dealing with that, you know, right? They're still home. Uh -huh. And they, on top of that, they're younger than me significantly, so they're mm -hmm. probably even more liberal than I am. So they're dealing with, like, to them, like, what my dad is is, like, a monster in, yeah. in certain cases. And, and I'm like, like you, no you should have seen him in 94. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I but I've been having those talks with, A, my siblings, and B, my kids, because, you know, that that's another generation further. And I've been purposely uh, letting them know that uh, I'm valuable because – um, there's going to be a point where I'm that guy and I want them to have the compassion that I'm trying to show my dad um, with me. You know, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I, I was telling my, my sister's uh, vegan mm -hmm. and I was like, yo, like, I don't know, maybe in 20 years being vegan is like everybody. 
You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. I hope not, but yeah. I hope not yeah. too. <laughs> but like, it's gone. I, I have to say, like, from t- 20 years ago, that would have been crazy to be vegan. Yeah. Now it's it's gone to the point to where it's normal. Like, now, yeah, 20 like. 20 years ago, when someone says they're vegan, even gay people are like, what are you gay? Yeah, yeah. right. Like, like, for real? Yeah, man? what? What's wrong with you? I'm like, me, bro? <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's. No, yeah, it, shit it, progresses and, and a lot yeah. faster now than it. Yeah, so, like, I'm seeing that, so I'm like, yo, like, if that happens and, like, you see me ordering steak and, like, your friends are talking, mm-hmm. like, let them know that, like, yo, like, he he ate vegetables the first two meals. Like, that's a step forward for Gasta, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and work with me to understand that. And, like, uh, um, I've spoken with that with uh, my daughter in particular because uh, my in-laws are hugely religious, so they still have issues with uh, LGBTQ yeah. issues. So, like. I love my god my in-laws. I think they're mm-hmm. great parents. They uh m- my best friend and my wife uh both from the, their their uh work. So overall they do good. But yes, they're going to have things that I don't agree with and I had to have that talk with my kids cuz they were like uh they don't think that this is cool and I was like no, it's perfectly fine for people to be gay. Yeah. And I had to explain to them that uh, that doesn't uh, dismiss all their work as people. It's just that's something they have to work on as uh, as people. But in the meantime, um, have compassion with them because they've had sixty years of life telling them that 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 they're that, right. That they're right. And the longer that you believe something, right. I mean, people don't even understand it from a psychological point of view, which is that. If you've been spending 60 years believing something and then you're presented with the alternate view as not only right, but the majority believes that. It's wild. It's wild. And it also means you as a human and as someone that has an ego, we all do. You have to admit I've been wrong for 60 years. That's wild. That does not feel good. I don't like being wrong for two days <laughs> right 60 like, years and then you go well, what else am i wrong about right it starts to break up your confidence in your viewpoints because if you go well if i can break this one what what other like does that mean you know our brains cascade does that mean marriages well you go right you go down all these so the, the, com- the compassion way of thinking about it is going this person is struggling with maybe an identity crisis which is not a full identity crisis, but a, oh, if I admit that I'm wrong about this, I have to reinspect a lot of my other viewpoints. Yeah. So it's easier to just go, nope, that's wrong. Right. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And their brains are almost trained to do that because your brain, your ego wants to make it easier for you to go, I'm right about this instead of reevaluating and inspecting. Isn't it so much easier for someone to hand you a file? Like, let's say you have fucking a file cabinet of all this information and you're like, oh, that's right. And then someone hands you, hands you one piece of paper that goes, well, you made one error in the first file all the way down there that makes <laughs> all of this wrong. Yeah. There's a party that, that went, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. And you just throw that piece of You go, I'm not doing that. No, yeah. no I'm going to still work on all, all this. this long division oh, over. That, man. Yeah, I'm not in high school anymore. <laughs> it's, it's wild, but like, I think it's important to talk about it because, you know, uh, I, I, I've i brought it up with both like my siblings and my kids. I'm like, yo, like there's going to be a day where I'm the guy you're complaining about. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you I'm going to try my best to be open-minded to what you have to say. Yeah. But I can't promise you that I'm going to get it right away because... I'm willing to bet that my dad had crazy talks with for sure. his dad, you know, um, and vice, and you know, so on and so forth, you know. So I mean, there were legit talks yeah. at some point in time where someone was like, 
I mean, dude, there were talks when people were like, you and I shouldn't hang out. Right. That was a legit conversation that some people had. Yeah. And it and wasn't that long ago It wasn't that, no, no, no. It was like less than a century. Yeah. Ago. It was, I mean, in some places, it might still happen now, but 50, <laughs> year, but right. 50 years ago, it was legitimately happening, happening in a lot of places. And to us, that makes no sense. Yeah. But to back then, someone had, who had been raised that way, even if, I bet you a lot of those people went, I think this might be wrong. It's still the way you're raised, you, you, um, you grab on to those uh, values, those yeah. morals, how you, because it, it, it feels right. It gives you some kind of path in the world. And my thing is like, when you're, uh, when you're really young and like, you know, when you're a minor, mm -hmm. so much of what you experience is people telling you what to do and you're vulnerable to other people's takes. Yeah. That's why like, uh, when you're a preteen teenager, your peers can influence you. So hard, and yeah. when you get to like late twenties, early thirties, different for everybody, but mm -hmm. around that time, um, a, you figure out who you are and B you realize that, uh, there's nothing wrong with being that person and to defend yeah. that. And if you do that well, overall, you'll be okay in life. Mm -hmm. So life taught you that cut out the outer influences. When I cut those out, I tend to be okay. Yes. And 99% of the time, you're right. You're right. But that 1% is significant in mm -hmm. these cases. And it's hard to change that. But it literally takes 99% of the population telling you, no, this one thing you fucked up in, everything else yeah. you're cool, but you got to fix this one thing because it's crazy. Um, and it's hard to take that because life taught you to uh, protect who you are to your core and that that would be the way you would be okay in life. Um, it's significant to kind of like uh, shift the core value at uh, 30 plus, 40 plus, and it becomes infinitely it's harder to your point. Very hard. That's um, why I think, you know, like when I hear of a eighty year old grandma that goes from uh, never being okay with uh, uh, a gay person or with uh, their kid yeah, uh, interracial like relationships, into, yeah. yeah. Like when I hear that, that progress is like mind blowing it's, to me. Yeah, you know, like major kudos to that lady and the people that did the work with her. Um, the articles she read or the you know the Oprah TV show she saw to make her get to that point. Um, because the work she did to get there is way harder than the work I had to do and so on and so forth. And I think that the thing that helps people understand that, and, and we're talking about more social issues in terms of, you know, because there's a lot of uh, things going on right now with identity, you know. Right. In the past five years, or five years, yeah, definitely, trans has gone from, like, something on the outskirts to everyone's talking about, oh, like, how do you identify? What are your pro? Like that's become a lot more mainstream, in right? The zeitgeist. But I, I think back again to your point about being a comic and touring. I think the thing that helps people more than anything is whatever makes you uncomfortable or scared or that seems new. Push yourself into those situations. Yeah. Meet those people. You don't. You don't understand trans, or you 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 don't get it. Go out of your way to try and meet. A couple of trans people yeah and talk to them and then not only ask don't only ask them about their experience being tricked because that's a part of them but that's not who they fully are they're right. also a human being ask them what sports they like ask them what music all of a sudden you go again this isn't trans girl this is 
Maria. Right. And I fuck with Maria. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, that's what starts to that's what starts to turn that is is the meshing of people. And when yeah. you meet someone, all of a sudden, it doesn't go to, yeah, my one trans friend or my one black friend. It's just, just I just know those people. Like it's just a person. Right. And then right. it allows you to understand it a lot more than they're the other. And you know, not everyone can do that. Someone in Dayton, Ohio. They don't have be. access they to it, exactly. So, and that's what makes it easier for them to go, oh, that's the other, I don't get them, I can only know what I'm told by the people around me who I trust, which, and that's another thing, when you grow up, you trust the people that are around you. So then yeah. what they tell you, you just take as fact, because you you don't know strangers, you, why would right. you trust strangers? You're supposed to trust people who are around you, they care about you. If someone cares about me, why would they lie to me? Well, they do all the time. Right. So then you have to get out of that and then find other people that you choose to trust and then go, well, what do they think about the world? What do they think about this thing or that thing? And then slowly change. It takes time, man. And that's yeah. the biggest thing where when people don't understand what one side thinks or the other, or they go, why can't they change me? Why is my uncle still think da da da? Because, dude, it takes fucking time. Yeah. They have to have multiple experiences. They have to have those I think as comics, we probably have these more than other people, but who knows? But they have to have those times where you're alone and you're sitting on your couch or you're on the bus or whatever it is. And then that thought pops into your head about one of these topics. Yeah. And then you think about it again where you're like, well, why do I feel this way about this, this, and this? And you get a little bit more introspective. And then you start to question a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, two months later, your opinion starts to change on it. You know, it yeah. takes time. It's like, uh, it's such a corny metaphor, but it's like the Grand Canyon being made. What, uh, whatever. It's a good uh, metaphor, but it's corny as fuck. But you know, <laughs> you're better writer than this, Dylan. Fuck, you, I mean, come on, man. You got a better fucking metaphors. Yeah, but that's what it is. This shit takes time, and so you have to understand. All right, I'm gonna have to put. Nah. We want it to change. We want your uncle that doesn't like LGBTQ people to immediately go. I'm, I'm completely for it. Right. But instead, it's going to take maybe five years. And right. it's not easy, but that's how humanity changes. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. It's, it's uh, baby steps. But I'm here for the process. I'm for it. Um, if I say something that's cancel worthy, yeah. uh, I hope that someone pulls me aside before that, lets me know how they genuinely feel, and you know, uh, gives me the opportunity to grow from it. Um, yeah, I think the cancel, the cancel shit is... I don't think it's productive because well, unless um, there are genuine monsters that deserve it, I'm, I'm 100%. not hundred percent. But I, I think that there there needs to be a a space where you can apologize or you can be told, and, "Hey, that's uh, the majority doesn't think that's cool anymore," right? Or that makes me even one person to go. You may, maybe you don't cancel someone, but if someone comes up to you and goes like. Hey, that joke made me feel this, this, and that way. Even if you don't change your opinion or you don't change the joke, right. you at least go, oh, I understand. You might at least go, how can I make this joke better or include something? Um, this is for comics specifically. Right, right. But, but include something that will make those people feel that there's no, there's no malice in my heart. Right, that's right. the biggest thing is the malice. Yeah. You know? Like I always think of uh, of Michael Vick. That yeah. dude went from being raised in a culture where uh, dogfighting was normal. And he is now advocating for, you know, like the safety of animals and mm -hmm. the well treatment for them. 
Um, I genuinely believe that he believes that. But I don't think it was a, a one-day thing. I think when it first came out, um, he was like, what the fuck is everyone spazzing about? Like, There's everybody bitches, fights dogs. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm from Virginia. They're, everybody they're does that fuck shit. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. And he had to, like, uh, see the effects of what he does. I think people had to talk with him, which I believe several mm -hmm. uh, people in that community did. Um, he had to see the the way people reacted, the amount of people uh, from, you know, black and white from yeah, yeah. all parts of the his country. Like, yeah. yeah, like he had to see uh, players, uh, the NFL, his job, like tell him, yo, the same, uh, this this. you can't be doing this. Yeah. And he had, to, he had to lose his gig, reflect on it. And I think he's in another place for that. And I feel that obviously there's still people that, um, will never let it go, but I do think that he he got to a point to where he fully reformed his image. Um, I like to think that that's possible for a lot more things, you know. I and I do believe that. Yeah, and I think that if you talk to him now, he would probably go, "Yeah, I was wrong," and not only that. I bet I don't know if he would do it. it. It's hard to get people to admit stuff on mic. Everyone's worried about their image. I get it. Right. But I bet you, if like you, you, Michael Vick and I were hanging out, and we were talking about him, and I said, "Yo, Mike, so when it first happened, you probably pushed back, and in your head, you probably thought it wasn't that bad, right? No. He probably would have said, "Yeah." And I, I would have said, "How long did it take you to fully come to terms with the fact that what you had done was wrong, and that dogfighting was wrong?" And it, it, you should push against it fully. He probably would have said a while. Yeah. Because cause he didn't want to admit that he did something that bad. Because then he has to admit that what I did was horrendous. Yeah. And you don't want to feel bad about that. And, like, it's not just him. Like, it's his fam. Like, exactly. He'd be like, yo, my dad is an asshole for doing that. My dad, like, played catch with me or whatever. My, you know, un like my uncle. He might have an uncle who saved his fucking life. Yeah. Who loved dogfighting. So he goes... So Uncle Jerry is a bad guy? He, yeah. That guy is the only one that supported me through everything. Yeah. Those might have been like uh, special memories for him. That's exactly. when I played with my cousins or exactly. whatever. There and happened to be a dogfight there as well. But exactly. yeah, it's also where I learned I could, I mean, I learned where I throw <laughs> exactly. a I was make crawl. a whole fucking movie on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like it, it's a real thing like that. It, it, it's a part of his identity that he had to like really disconnect from. And I believe that even more so with him because of the nature of that business. Like, uh... If you like read about like the dynamic of what he was doing, it, it the amount of money he was making everywhere else, mm -hmm. there's no way that was a profitable, worthwhile it like ex, like a no, business no, no. adventure, Expert, right? Yeah, you know, like he wasn't in that for the millions that he no. was making. It wasn't an enterprise that was yeah. making him hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, all right, we're gonna it. expand, take over the country. Like it, it wasn't. It, it's not logical. It's he not was a doing comparison, that. but it's like it was his version of playing ping pong. I don't know. It was a game. It was something that he did with. It's still a horrible fucking thing yeah a horrible thing and i think a lot of people it's much easier for them to go fuck that guy he's a piece of shit and a okay? lot of people did and he's evil and then just go there and then go there are evil people in the world and we should get rid of them right and i think that's way too um i don't know if derivative is the right word but it's way too simplistic yeah because instead you go yeah there are some evil people but also i think a lot of people have because of certain experiences, certain instances, they've been led towards um, doing things like this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's, uh, people have a lot of things that if uh, 
we're fully available and open to everyone else. Everyone has a thing that's like, yo, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, and if the world found out, it would look bad. So look work yeah. on it. That's why you um, have good friends that are like, bro, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop with that. Because yeah, I love you, and I, I, I know. I know who you are as a full person, right? And I care about you, and so I know you're a good person. But if someone who doesn't know you sees that, that's all they're gonna think. Exactly, and you know he, uh, in a weird blessing, got that information just not the just publicly the way you want it. Exactly. But, um, you know he's he's learned from it and he's developed. And to me, it's like it's inspirational. Like you can still. He was in his mid thirties, you know, like late, uh, early thirties to mid thirties when that's, uh, from the start to mm -hmm. when he was, uh, back in the NFL, Yeah, you know? So that's someone to me that like, yo, like I could be, uh, fully successful in my profession, man. Um, experience a downfall based on something, uh, based on a character flaw mm -hmm. that I didn't you mean know. Think was a character flaw. That I, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I didn't know it was a thing. And now I, I, I can, uh, I can, uh, not only become a better person, um, I'm still mature enough to listen to other people and uh, change my mind on something that I thought was cool. Like that, that, that whole story to me, like, I don't think people realize the emotional intelligence he showed in that. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's uh, inspiring to me to know that that's possible. Um, both the work he did and mm -hmm. the work that our country did and, and the people did in acknowledging it and slowly accepting him. The dude's like an analyst now, like on, you know, channels yeah. and no one's, you know, the, 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 the first, good. yeah, that's dope that he's able to fix his image and come back and he's work. He's a success story. Yeah. People get, the, he's now a story that someone gets to, tell someone else to go, hey, here's how you can have a character flaw, yeah. realize it, learn from it, and then, you know, rise up to be even better than you were before. Yeah. That's the, I, uh, so I was watching that show, The Crown. Uh, okay. About, and I always think character studies are fascinating of the events that lead someone to do something um, bad, you know? Right. Whether it's uh, kill someone or you know break, whatever it is, something horrible. Uh, and in this, the guy that like what he ended up doing, he didn't hurt anyone. It's not a big deal. But uh, there was a man that broke into the Bucking broke into Buckingham Palace, okay, and climbed into the we the Queen's bedroom and woke her up and didn't hold her hostage or anything, but just had a conversation with her while she was there. And then he got arrested for a trip, whatever. And then they claimed that he was schizophrenic. And I don't know if it was. Regardless, the way it was shot, it showed the events leading up to it. He lost his job. His girlfriend cheated on him, left him, took the kids. He got the shit beaten out of him by the boyfriend because he tried to go and see his kids and fight the guy. And the guy was bigger than him. He went to get more unemployment. The lady was shitty to him. He was riding the bus every day and it just followed him throughout it. And it brought this humanity to go, oh yeah, it's never one thing. Right. It's a sequence of things that lead someone from a normal person on the street, but one bad thing happens, they'll be okay. Two bad things happen, other oh, okay. But then six bad things happen, their view on the world maybe starts to change a little bit. Right, right. Seven, they go, you know what? And then that you know what is what leads them to performing something really horrible. And I think when you watch that, it allows you to go, oh, I'm not better than these people that do really fucked up things. Yeah. Some of them are mentally ill, but, but a lot of the other ones, 
they just had a much harder time than me. Right. And they had a lot of bad luck in a row that fucked with them enough to where they went, I'm, fuck it. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. And I think that allows you to have empathy for someone enough to go, let's give them a second chance. Let's work on what, what can we do to try and bring this person back right, right. from those paths? How do we lead them back down that road to the fork and try to then, but it takes time. Yeah. I think uh, part of being a healthy and successful adult is um, realizing that that can happen to everyone, including you. Mm-hmm. And knowing where you are constantly on that scale. Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very big on uh, minimizing stress in my life. I do a yeah. lot to like avoid it. I, I think that like uh, um, being happy means that I have good relationships with my family, uh, my friends. I do a profession that I enjoy, that I'm economically okay, meaning I could pay bills and that mm-hmm. I can pay for the future. If and then finally, uh, not like in terms of least importance, but um, just like adding it up, um, uh, health. If okay, you have yeah. those things, your life is good. So I try to make sure that as many of those things are checked off in the line. Yeah, you know. So if you have that, you're okay. And when one of those things are off, you'll start to feel like closer to that point. You know. Um, and you can get there fully on just one of those things being off if it's off enough or if yeah. each of them has a thing off. Um, and I think that when you become older, you become better aware of measuring that, checking in. Um, and the better you are at assessing that and uh, not only knowing where you are, but figuring out things you can do to de-escalate that, the healthier you are and the happier you are. Asking for help. Man. Nah. Yo, I'm not having a good time. I need some whatever it is. That's, you know, when people don't have someone to reach out to to help them out, give them a laugh, or just that's what leads people to doing things that if they had everything going well, they probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, they probably wouldn't be hurting other people or trying to steal or whatever it is. There's something that led them that that way. And when, yeah, and if you can have that mindset and understanding, it's hard to do. Yeah. But it will allow you to keep check of yourself. Because we've had bad days, bad weeks. Yeah. I mean, shit, someone's had an entire bad year this year. Right. You know? And I think about that a lot. Like, uh, I'm I'm lucky enough to have had a uh, a job on and off that has kept someone, has been able to keep the lights on, been able to keep this going, that I'm not, like, freaking out. Right. But that's what makes me upset about how long it took for the second stimulus bill. Right. Not because of me. There's people. Of course I could use that money, but I don't need that money. There's people out there that are not feeling heard at all and also are on their last ditch effort and probably in debt that need that money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know them personally, but I, I feel that because I, I, I just know it's true. There's so many people in this country. I know that shit is true. Yeah. And when I go... the the people making the decisions don't seem to care about that. It it just makes it. That's what actually makes me mad. Yeah. Because they go, oh, you're you're not thinking, you're not thinking about everyone. Yeah. You're 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 too busy maybe thinking, oh, if I pass this bill, I might not get reelected. Yeah, that's part of it. But also, <sighs> there's a shit ton. There's so many people that you're. You know, I I I get. At the end of the day, 
look, people are selfish. They think about themselves more than anyone else. Right. That's just how we're wired. But at the same time, if you're representing a bunch of people, a, a bunch of constituents, you kind of have got to look at yeah, That's what you signed up for, man. Yeah, that's you the job. You signed up for it. Exactly. And you know, and that's why you're getting all the free shit with the government. And that's why you're getting 325K a year, whatever it is. Yeah. But, Dude, like, I, uh, the, during this pandemic, uh, I found out I was a diabetic. Really? Yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Nah, I, yeah. it's cool. Like, I'm happy I know. I'm ha mm -hmm. I'm doing things that I need to do to handle it. Um, but it was a scary moment, right? So, um, like, uh, if you know about, like, blood sugar, like, for a insulin, healthy man, yeah, yeah like, your like insulin level was supposed to be like, below, right? yeah. yeah. So, uh, the day that I got hospitalized, I was, like, delirious. Like, I couldn't. Uh, really? I don't remember the whole drive to the hospital. I was out of my mind, like, completely. So, what um, happened? Did your blood sugar tank? Or? So... Um, a, I have a terrible diet up until this point, and the only reason I didn't have issues is uh -huh. because I'm a comedian. I walk fucking 12,000 steps a day between clubs five days a week. So during quarantine, oh, I'm still shit. eating like shit, about that. but I'm sitting down. So like I was looking at my iPhone graph. I went from maybe 8,000 steps on average uh -huh. to like 200. So within a month... Um, everything started escalating, right? And like individually, all these little things when they happen, I just thought, oh, I'm just getting old, right? So there was a specific moment I remember looking at the television mm -hmm. and seeing it double. My vision literally uh. just blurred. Then the week after that, I noticed that I had to pee more. So it went from peeing like four times a day to eight to waking up five times a night to pee. Then it got... uh. Then when I was waking up, um, I noticed that I had to stomp on the floor to wake up my foot. Oh, because it was... Because it was oh. numb. And now I'm peeing eight times a night plus 20 times during the day, almost 30 times total. Holy shit. Then when I'm getting... The next day when I'm getting to the door, um, I couldn't... After stomping on the floor to wake my foot up, I uh -huh. barely get to the door. And then I'd have to, like, use two hands to grip the knob because neither of my hands were fully uh, not were numb as well. Neither of my hands were operating the way they needed to. So as is, I've, I'm not big on doctors. Every time one of these things happened, I kept telling uh, my wife, and she's like, yo, we got to go to the doctor. And I kept pushing it off. Finally, like, um, on that night when, like, I was having trouble opening the door, and I kept going, I had to do this six times, like, because I kept waking up, having to pee. Oh, and you couldn't open the door. And I couldn't open the door because my hands were numb just to go to the bathroom. Okay, so yeah. that's an experience I had to do twice every time. I had to open my bedroom door, then the bathroom door. It sucked, you know? So I was getting frustrated because I'm like, fuck, I'm exhausted. I can't sleep because I got to pee. Cause, and, I, and I don't know what was going on. I just knew that shit was going wrong. But individually, I had heard, oh, that's what happens when we get older. But not oh, six of those. Oh, muscle cramp. Yeah. yeah. But not all of that shit within a week, right? So mm -hmm. that all happens. I'm pissed off. I go sit down in the living room because I'm like, I might as well just stay awake and watch TV so that that way when I got to go pee, I can go pee and get the shit over with. Um, and I fell asleep there on the, on the, on the sofa. Mm-hmm. I wake up an hour later, again, having to pee. Mm -hmm. um, before my feet would be numb, now my legs were fully numb, completely. Like, oh. my legs did not work. So not I tried- numb, you couldn't- I oh. couldn't move them, right? So I'm trying to push myself up. I don't have grip. My my hands aren't working. My arms work, but my hands weren't giving me grip on the, on the sofa arms. So uh, my wife was, like, up, but in the bedroom at this point- um, 
And she stayed up as long as she could, but, you know, she has to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm, like, trying to push up, and I start screaming, like, yo, honey, get over here. I need your help to get up because otherwise I'm going to pee on the sofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And she comes over, and I'm 300 pounds. She's yeah. a buck 30. Like, yeah. that's not good math, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to push up, and... I can't do it. She's trying to help me up. She can't she do can't, it. Yeah. Um, I finally get to the point to where like I'm semi-standing and like I'm stumbling to get to the bathroom. Um, I can't uh stand over the urinal, so I just went into the shower, pissed there, and I wow. fell there in the shower. So after that night, I'm finally like, yo, honey, like I don't like doctors, I gotta go to the fucking hospital. You know, so she's fucking happy that I'm at least listening. Um I stayed in the shower for like another hour after that just to like make sure I'm fully done peeing. I didn't drink any water so that I could get some sleep. Damn, you just had to sit in the shower. Yeah, because I was like, I keep going to the fucking bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I go to sleep. I wake up the next day and like nothing's connecting. Like she's talking to me like, hey, we got to get ready to go to the doctor. I spoke with your mom. She's going to stay with the kids. Mm -hmm. Let's make that trip. And I'm responding funny. And this is her perspective of it. I don't even, I don't remember, don't remember doing this any of this all. shit. Yeah. Um, I remember the feelings behind the sentiment, and even they sound stupid. So she was telling me, um, I felt super sore. I remember feeling like in pain the following morning, which makes sense. A, my legs didn't work. I'm stomping all over the place. I'm yeah. falling in the shower. Um, so like, I remember feeling really sore, and she was like, gas, so we got to get ready, and getting frustrated with me that I wasn't listening to her. Mm -hmm. And I was saying shit. She tells me that I was like... Uh, I was saying that, you know, this always happens to me and the NFL players. <laughs> and she's like, what? And she's and I was talking about like in my head, I was trying to say that like um I I every time an NFL player finishes a game, they're so sore that they don't wanna start the process of like going into ice bath mm -hmm. and getting better for the next week. And that makes sense in what I feel, but it's a stupid thing to be fucking talking about. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, we're like, what? It's, yeah, it's yeah. like there's so many connections that she would have had yeah. to have made to understand what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah, it should have to be in your brain. Yeah, so like I was talking like that. Um, it turns out that like my mom, uh, my kids stayed with my parent, with my dad. My mom walked over. Um, helped my wife get me into the passenger seat of my car. Mm -hmm. she, my mom drove my car to the hospital, um, right up the fucking uh, EMT emergency ramp. Um, somebody came over with a wheelchair car, and yeah. they took me in. They did my paperwork, and then um, uh, I, I feel like I started remembering stuff about 16 hours after that when uh, – I like was in uh, ICU or like uh -huh. one of those type of rooms, whatever the intensive care unit was. And um, they're giving me, they're like trying to regulate my sugar. I went uh, three days eating nothing but ice chips because they had to like create a baseline yeah, yeah, yeah. and get everything out. So it, it was a traumatizing experience is what I'm trying to get at, of right? Course, I yeah. spent uh, six days in the hospital. Um, they had to like re-regulate everything, got me on like, uh, uh, you know, different diet, gave me insulin shots. I got to take all of this shit. So are you on an insulin pump or do you just take I got to do the shots. Um, okay. so I got to do like, uh, a shot every time I have a meal. So there's three of those roughly every day. And mm -hmm. then a baseline shot at the end of the night for like a slower acting, yeah. but like regulates overall for the day shit. So 
um, when I get home, like I had like an emotional week of this of shit, right? Like, um, keep in mind, this is happening during COVID. During COVID. So I tested uh, negative. I didn't have any, par- I tested yeah. negative. I didn't have Thank COVID, God. but this is during COVID. So um, I'm in a different part of the hospital that isn't designed for this because the floor that is yeah, has, COVID patients. has COVID patients. And diabetes is a pre-existing condition exactly. that is, makes it a lot more likely that COVID would be bad. Right. So they're like, we got to keep this dude super separate. Yeah. Um, so basic shit they wouldn't do for me. So like uh, first you spend the f- uh, three days in ICU. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. can uh, I see my wife? No, you're in ICU. Yeah. There's a ton of patients here that are vulnerable. We're dealing with COVID people. Can't bring people, from Can't bring people in them from outside unless it's like they're being treated. Mm-hmm. So then I get transferred to this other room um, for the last three days of it where they're going to like, you know, try treatments. So I'm like, hey, can I see my wife now? They're like, no, again, you're still in the hospital. We're uh, one of the centers of this shit. So all the rooms are dedicated to that. No one from outside. Um, I'm asking them for underwear. Uh, for uh, Can my wife bring underwear and a charger for me, for my phone? Yeah. They're like, no. Like, you don't understand. We're not letting anyone come in here unless they are a patient, period. Yeah. So... I spent six days literally alone without seeing yeah. without seeing people during that shit. So um, it, it like it messed with my head a lot. And it's scary, yeah, it's yeah. scary because you you know you you think you're gonna be okay, but at the same time nah. you don't know what's going on. You just realize that a life changing health event has happened to you. You keep thinking, what am I gonna? I have to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I I don't. No one's telling you shit. There's, they're probably stretched thin. And you don't have anyone to comfort you. Right. And, and you know, commendable staff, I have to give them major props. They were above and beyond considering with the other things they were dealing with, yes. right? Um, but, like, I still felt alone, you know? Um, yeah. So, but the doctor comes in finally, like, on the... The doctors were informing me, obviously, when I was in ICU, but it was more like, we just got to save this kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get to the other room, uh, the doctor, like, for real sits down. He's like, yo, like, just so you know, um, insulin levels are supposed to be, like, 100 to 120. Um, for black and brown men, unfortunately, uh, you know, your diets are different. So, like, if you would have been at, like, 140, 150, that's high for uh, what we want. Yeah. But that would have been okay. When you showed up here, your number was 660, right? So, like, you should have had brain damage. Like, you should be done. Oh, my. And keep in Holy mind, this shit. is uh, me going 12 hours without eating, peeing in the fucking shower. So, like, I don't even know what the fuck my number was at that point. Yeah, but like 800. Jesus. Yeah, so that's why, like, you know, when my wife tells me I had these weird thoughts, that's what the fuck was going on. I was literally out of my mind. I was done. So when he says that to me, like, that's some wild shit. Like, yo, like, you should be dead. Like, he's he's, he's being super blunt as There's a doctor. There's no one there. It's just me and him. You. He's like, yo, you should have died. I need you to understand that. You can't do whatever the fuck you were doing. And I'm solo eating that information. So um, we go through the whole process of this is what you can eat. This is what you can't eat. Um, I haven't had juice uh, since then, by the way, for the first time in my life. It's been like eight months. Um, but, uh... Uh, yeah, so like he's telling me this and we work on like my diet to get it to like a number that's regulated uh-huh. and uh, A, so that I can be better and B, so that they can see that they can send me home, you know? So my number gets to like 200 and they're like, okay, this is still very high, but you've consistently stayed there. Um, so now we can send you home and this is a prescription that'll get you lower. So we do all that shit. Um and I go home, 
and you know I have like the emotional moments with my family of course yeah. you know and my da- and major props to my mom and my wife who've uh, gone above and beyond in terms of offering healthy food and spending extra time cooking shit just for me yeah um so I do the work for like two weeks right um in particular because the doctor says hey before uh I'm giving you uh, weeks of supply of medicine. Mm-hmm. You need to go see a doctor. I haven't seen a doctor in 15 years up until that point. So he's like, you need to go see a doctor, A, because you should in general, uh, B, yeah. because- A, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> my bad, I agree. No, no, but it's- But, but it's, 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 it's real shit. And, that, yeah. and that's why, like, you know, again, uh, ask my dad. He didn't go to hospitals until he was like 60. I was going to say, maybe worked. it's how you were raised. Yeah, yeah, like, I go to work. You go to hospitals when shit is, like, broken. Like, not because- I was going to say, you might have been raised where if you go to the hospital, they're going to tell you something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, I felt fine up until that point, you know, so- uh, so uh, he's telling me, hey, I'm giving you a week of insulin. This is going to run out. You yeah. can't come back here for it. You need to go doctor. to a doctor. So um, I go to a doctor and, uh, you know, my wife and I have been working really hard on the food shit. So I was proud because my number went from 200 mm-hmm. to like 130. Yeah. You know, and it's I had, almost pre-diabetic. Right. I think under 120 is considered pre-diabetic. Yeah. So I had I had a 130 for four days in a row. Um, I, uh, I was getting, I had, uh, two, uh, times where I woke up and it was at one, uh, one ten and less. So I, I went into the meeting feeling good about yes. the progress I made. And, um, I show up and, uh, he, he's like, so how you feeling? And I tell him the whole thing. And he's like, so where's, where's your number at? I was like, I'm averaging like one thirty to one forty, um, for the last, uh, three days. Um, I told him the high point I hit was 180 for one meal, so I stopped eating this thing, whatever. And he goes, 180? That's freaking crazy. You're too young for that. And, like, he spazzes on me a little bit on some, like, uh, concern. Like, but this yes. isn't how you do uh, that. You have to change it. And But probably not in the nicest, And, and that's the thing. He said, it, he said it in a way that hurt. Like, yeah. it really bothered me. And um, I remember leaving the office dejected, going home and like uh then having to go to the pharmacist and that process was a bitch. Like the the medicine he sent was right but like a different branch. They weren't covering it. It took like four trips the same day to get my medicine, which I had now run out of. Mm-hmm. So by the time I get to the house, I was cursing. Fuck like it, I opened yeah. the door, I'm like, I'm not fucking doing any of this shit. You know, so like my wife This is why I don't go to doctors, man. Fuck yeah, this and shit. it literally yeah, like yeah. Every, it was feeding into it. So like Gabby like sees me and she's like, What the fuck? Like you left in a good mood, we're doing good work, we're tracking the numbers, mm-hmm. and you come back like that. Um and I had I took a whole day to like recenter myself to say, like, yo, I, I even if this dude was an asshole, he wasn't, but he said this thing in the wrong tone. And then I had the bad luck of it's the first time I'm doing the the prescription. Four times, it's you wrong. know, like so all of that like hit me in this weird space and I felt terrible about it, but I had to do the right thing because it's good for my health and I want to get better. Um, all that's to say, the reason I bring that up is because all of that happened because the doctor had other shit going on. Yeah. Just like our government, right? Mm-hmm. So this dude doesn't realize and probably still doesn't realize until I shoot the special that I'm going to shoot exactly. related to this shit. Oh, you got a good story about it? 100%. Oh, dude. I'm amazing. putting out a whole fucking album dedicated to this shit. Amazing. Um, but uh, he, uh, 
he doesn't realize the effect he had on me that day. Like I, and I, I, I can't imagine how many people in that moment say, fuck it completely. I'm not dealing with this. Um, I thought about like my dad, when he immigrated here, like if that shit would have yeah. happened when he only spoke Spanish, you think he's going to deal with the four trips to the pharmacist and the phone calls with the doctor to get that straight. Uh, no. He's not going to do that. You know? So like, it made me like really appreciative of uh, patience. It made me very aware of, um, what doctors are juggling and how hard that must be for him because, you know, like, I feel like he gave me the right info and he happened to mess up in this one thing, like the pressure involved you, with but that. But the way that he delivered that package wasn't the, uh, I would say, kindest and most eloquent way. Yeah. Because, I mean, who knows? He might have just dealt with two people that are on their deathbed. Yeah. And this guy comes in and he's like, you're fucking diabetic. Like, yeah, he's like, dude, you're in your 30s and you're fucking diabetic. Like, yeah. he was angry. Honestly, like, and justifiably. Taking, but also taking it out on you and maybe prejudging you and think, like, you know, he's thinking, in his mind, he's like, he should know that all these decisions he's made about what he's eating is going to lead him here. Right. How, like, what is wrong with him? But in reality, he doesn't know you haven't been to a doctor in 15 years. Right. Which, which is just how you were rate and all these different things come together. So it's like, it's again, the confluence of all yeah. this shit. And I'm, and, I, and like, in my head, I'm like, yo, like, you're angry at this. Mind you, you don't see the progress I've made this week. Like, I went from never Son, going to the doctor, 600, left at 200. I'm in the 140s. Like, you should be, like, clapping. Give me you a know? hug, bro. Yeah, yeah, like, I was high. I thought we was on high five. Like, for real. I was like, <laughs> I, he, had a, he had an assistant in the room. I was already excited. Like, I know yeah, they, like, they going to give me props. It's crazy. You know, yeah. I had a notebook with all the numbers and shit. Like, you going to love me. Hey, Check feel, this out. Feel, hey, film this real quick. Put it on TikTok. You know? <laughs> like, I was high. I really thought it was going to be, like, an all-star, yeah. like, event. Like, he was going to call it, yo, uh, yo. I got this patient. He fucking documents everything. 140. Crazy. Yeah. And I didn't get none of that love. So, um, yeah, like, I, I, I've just become hyper aware of the fact that, like, in high-pressure situations, um, it's really easy to make a, a to do something sm um, in a in a moment that you think is small and has a huge effect on that other person. Um, and it makes me uh, appreciative of people in the positions of power that are politicians, yeah. that are doctors, that every time a tough decision comes up, they still oh, somehow man. find the patience and the mental fortitude to give each of those things the 100% it deserves because it's hard. So because, hard. You know, so, uh, A, I'm not mad at the doctor. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. I, I've had to make tough decisions You're too. Like, Could have been chiller about it. Could have been cool. I'll I, probably I, tell you that next time I see you. 100%. He, he will deaf hear about yeah. that. And uh, I, I, I hope that other people learn from that. Uh -huh. Um. And I and I, I think it's something that people need to a develop themselves and b uh, be aware of the people you put in positions of power and hope that they have that ability. That's the thing I'm looking for always. I want someone who can constantly like reset themselves when a new thing is presented because it's hard to do that emotionally. It, it, it's a, it's a tough thing. It's really hard. And you know, just bringing it back to what we were saying before, if that doctor had went after you in that uh, aggressive tone. And then seeing, because also people need to be more present and seeing if they're having this conversation with someone, yeah. to see how the other person's reacting. Because you probably had a pretty obvious reaction to it that yeah. you can see in your face. And if you've trained yourself to be more aware and to also admit when you've you know, maybe been too harsh, if halfway through the conversation he had gone, okay, Mr. Almonte, I could see you're visibly upset. I'm sorry. I'm dealing with a lot. 
And this, if he just and said, let's go over this. I want to get you better. I know that you didn't do this on pur purpose. I just want you to. And he had admitted maybe yeah. that he went a little bit too far. He could have not only turned that conversation. I mean, you're you're uh, mature enough to go, regard I know why he responded. I know it wasn't about me. It's nothing personal. Most of the time, it's not personal. Most right. people in the world, the way they react to you, that shit is not personal. He doesn't know me. This is the first time you. he met me. Yeah. Exactly. But if he had done that, like we were talking about, admitting when you fucked up, you would have been like, yo, he would have went from random doctor to I fucking love Dr. Ronald. For real. He's the shit. I'm telling all my homies to go to Dr. Like, I'm going to try and help out. This is someone who, and in that one instance, could have made you not only trust him, but try to bring other people in and change your mind about that. And th those are those small little things that when you admit or at least take a second yeah. to reevaluate how you're reacting, it can change the course of things truly. Like, again, like we, like we were saying, all these things happened. If in one of those instances, I mean, luckily you didn't say, fuck this because you have a family, right? you have a wife. But if you didn't have a wife, you did in a family, and then you went to the pharmacy, and all that shit happened. Yeah. You would have been like, "I'll fucking deal with this shit later." Where's Where's a don't like what you know what right. I mean? You would have You would have went and done that, but instead, you have with all that you have mitigating factors, which is the love for your life and the love for your wife and the love for your family. Right. But you still realized, damn, a lot of stuff went went wrong today, and right. I'm happy I made it through it. It's those admitting your dude, admitting when you fucked up. Or admitting your humanity, I think, is one of the most powerful things you can do. Yeah. Because every, everyone got, everyone's got it and everyone knows. And you think it's making you weak. But vulnerability, that shit isn't weak. It's like, I'm so confident in my strength that I can show you when I fucked up. Yeah. You know? It's, 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 uh, it's one of those, like, when in doubts. Like, it should be more people's North Star. When in doubt, 100%. be vulnerable, be honest of how you feel if you do that uh it pays off in your personal happiness it pays off uh in our case in our profession you know it's what the fuck uh, yeah. we do on stage you know so um we have double the reason to do it but uh yeah i think it's incredibly important to always when in doubt if you're unsure of something and it's and you have a, a lot of mixed feelings you feel overwhelmed mm -hmm. when in doubt be honest with how you feel i admit I feel, i'm overwhelmed right now yeah, yeah exactly when you admit most people I mean, like you said with comedy, a lot of times it helps. If you're having a weird set, just say that. And then you say, y'all want to be honest, these jokes are not because the audience knows. Yeah. We know. They they know it subconsciously. They go, you go, I'm having a weird fucking set. I'm sorry. Here's why I had this weird. And even if it isn't the funniest, it might not be the funniest, but if you go into a five-minute tangent about what happened to you that day and why you feel that way, and you express your emotions, the good and the bad. No matter what, I'll tell you one thing, people are going to remember that. Hell yeah. They're going to remember it. They're going to feel for you and connect with you. And you might actually find something that could be crafted into something funny. I mean, look at Burr. Half the time, we love watching him because he has this unbridled expression of his right. emotion and frustration. And we've all been there. And we're all like, yeah, man, I get it. That's it. You know? It's the beauty of what we do, man. Yeah. Uh, I think being honest on stage... It, it's magical like it, it, it's a connection with the room and um it's the only time where i don't need to hear words back to feel that i'm getting a full feeling of a conversation 100%. still 
um, because there is connection. still like a weird con- yeah, it's a connection still. It's still a dance that's happening, and um, it's the only thing close to doing stuff like this that yeah. gives me that. Hundred percent. Do you think this was? This is good, man. Yeah. I haven't had Yo, one this good in a while. <laughs> you know what's wild? Like, for the people listening, this is what uh, Dylan told me to prep. Yo, we could talk about Kanye and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> because that was what I was thinking about yesterday. And even coming over today, I was like, hey, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit what happened in the Capitol. And then, and then maybe even during this conversation, I'm telling you right now, I was like, oh, Maybe we'll end it with a little bit of Kanye and Kim shit. <laughs> and there was no point in this conversation that I went, yeah, let me break the ice with Kanye and Kim. There was so much better shit that I was like, that's so dumb. But it's it, it, these are my favorite types of, I love doing this show for so many reasons, but my favorite type of, sh- of shows is when I go in, no expectations, and then for whatever reason, you're on kind of the same wavelength and yeah. you're like, let's just figure it out. And then you get, I mean, I had no idea you were dying. I had no idea you were going through all of that. And it probably wouldn't have come up if we were just talking about other stuff. And even if it did, it wouldn't have been the same conversation. Right. If I had, uh, if I had like, you know, teed you up for it, I'd been like, oh, so what happened with the diabetes? Right, right. It would have probably been a lot shorter. You would have been like, this is what happened. I'm doing okay. But instead, because of the backdrop of to what we were talking about and our willingness to go down all those paths, we were able to, I mean, talk about it in a way that I think connects to just humanity again in general. And and again, we said this in the beginning, and I think maybe even off mic. No, you said it when we were, you were like, yo. I did not expect for the conversation to be this. Because <laughs> right, right. most of the time when we hang out, we're fucking, yeah. fucking bullshit, it's whatever. It's definitely not this. But it's uh, good. <laughs> but it's like, both in that mindset, you've been, you've been through some shit. Oh, yeah. The country's going through some shit. And also, you know, I think more than anything, the pandemic kind of, it, it makes you, I don't know about you, it makes me appreciate being able to have, I, I don't push deeper conversations when they're not there. Right. But when you, when you feel it and you go, Oh, we can talk about some actual real shit for once. Right. You go, oh, I appreciate that. Hell because yeah. Because most of the time, it's just, especially with the new, everything that's going on, it's all superficial. So when you can just go, let's, hey, let's talk about something. Let's figure out where it goes, and maybe I'll be wrong about something. Maybe I won't. Let's see what you feel about it. It goes, all right. It, it reminds you like, ah, yeah, this is what's good about comedy, yeah. podcasting, whatever it is. And just knowing different people also. Yeah. Not even uh, because it would be a whole new episode, but uh, it's also like uh, something that I I think is important to do and that I think the the quarantine has helped. Uh, It's helped men figure out that they need to do this more. Uh, Women do a much better job. They're taught to share feelings earlier. Um, This is the first time where I feel like more conversations with uh, my boys has led to this like type of space. Guys are taught to embrace um, anger right, and sadness when your mom or dad dies. Right. And then trashing. There's Only like, if you are talking in depth as a dude, it's because it's a tattoo-worthy moment. Exactly. You know, like, yo, R.I.P., you know, that's the only time you could, like, share feelings. R.I.P., maybe someone wins a championship, <laughs> that's it. Exactly, but literally. Right, quarantine showing that, like, yo, listen, we should be able to talk about some realer stuff yeah. or at least at, at least make it on the table. You don't have to do it all the time because sometimes you're just, you know, playing Warzone with your boy, whatever you're fucking right. around, you don't want to. But for them to have the ability to allows them to, again, 
feel heard. You know, right. it's it's again, it sounds corny, but it's a real thing. You want to people want to feel at least like someone else gets them right. or is willing to listen to them. Because when they feel like they aren't, then they do shit like, honestly, go blow up their car in Na- or whatever, you know? Right, go right. Blow up the car in Nashville. Go, I mean, fortunately, because the quarantine ha- hasn't happened a lot, but go shoot up someplace. Like, those right. are people that don't feel heard or understood and go, well, we'll fuck everyone then. Yeah. You know? And and you're right. It would be a whole other two hours talking about <laughs> men. And maybe that'll be the next time. Yo, Gaster, thank you so much, bro. I always this do real amazing, daps man. at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, we got man. it. And this was, a, this was a real episode, too. Yo. 100%. Thanks for uh, having me, homie. Where can people find you, bro? Uh, you can find me on all social medias at Gastor Almonte, G-A-S-T-O-R-A-L-M-O-N-T-E. Right. Um, my special, Immigrant Made, is available on Amazon Prime, free if you have a Prime membership. You cool. can listen to that on all streaming services. And my uh, new podcast, The War Report. Hosted with the homie Shalay with Sharp out every Thursday. Bonus episodes on Monday. Beautiful. We talk topical news. Um, this week's episode will be way off because we record on Tuesdays uh, before all of this shit happens. So uh, but you'll be talking about it on next week. But for yeah, sure. it'll and Shale- be there. was. Uh, I feel like she has a. Uh, you know, she's lived through some stuff. I think feel like she's got a pretty good mindset on not just what's going on now, just things in general. So you guys should definitely check that out. She she's a pretty learned uh, woman. Yeah, I it's uh, it's literally just uh, me learning a lot <laughs> in front of people. <laughs> Her being like, well, actually, yeah, here's why this is going on, and then you like, word that okay. makes sense, bro. Okay. All right, okay. I dig it. I dig right, it. Cool. How about this? How yeah. about this? <laughs> Did I tell you I was diabetic? She's like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we heard it, Gaston. We heard it. <laughs> All oh, right, man. soon. We'll talk to you soon, psychos. See you later.